speak chops and we'll make sure your mic is good. Yo, what up? Check, check. You're not awesome. It's your boy. That's dope. You know, we did we did even check this before we went live, but of course, in this era of internet, um, it's going to be like that. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bridge the Gap. This is episode 162. That's right. It's been a hot minute since we've done one of this. I'm saying we're like eight months since the last interview. This is the return. We are coming back. We're going to figure out how frequent, etc. It doesn't matter. But this is the show where we talk to interesting versions such as Mr. Chops over here, the co-host of the Chop Vision podcast, the third best podcast in Montreal, according to Cult Montreal. And I, I think that list is valid because I made the list one. I didn't make no three. Don't get me wrong. I made the list one time, so I was sitting there like, that's the greatest list in history. It is the most valid podcast list, in my opinion. Therefore, congrats. I'll be number three and all that. But it's a super big pleasure to have you here. I'm sincerely a fan of your show. I'd be watching it while I'd be doing my VR boxing workouts. By watching it, I mean listening. Um, going through it all, listening to the exploits of your weekends. I love the dynamic between you and Skinny. It's super fun to just watch it. It's just me as a fan saying that. I don't wanna, I'm don't. i never on the lives. Low chance of that happening these days. But I do watch it after the fact, and I highly encourage it for everybody that is watching it. Links will be in description. I highly encourage you to check it out. But on that note, Mr. Chops, why don't you take a brief note to just quickly introduce yourself before we properly get into the show? I mean, do you want me to give them the authentic introduction to myself, how I do every week on my show? Yo, run it. Run it. What up? It's your boy, Joey Chops. I'm out here bridging a gap with Behind the Suit, my man, you know... Yo, I'm not even going to lie. I've been nervous about this all day. Like, yo, it's my first interview and stuff. Yo, but a man wants me on and wants to talk to me and converse with you, boy. I'm happy to be here with all of y'all. Appreciate everybody that's tuning in to watch us. People just going to watch us later. Yo, me and this man, we speak all the time. We're going to get into that. About the whole him watching the show. giving me like, yo, I don't have fans, homie. I got family. And you part of the family. You part of the Chop Vision Nation. Oh, tell him. Nah, I appreciate no, that still. Nah, it's just great. I mean, it's an interview, but it's more of a conversation. I don't really know the show evolves as it goes on, but we do have our typical opening question. And even though you might not be as musical a guest as we have, we ain't just limited to music people, but I know you know your music, which means the first opening question is still going to apply to you. I got cash rules, everything around me tattooed on my arm, bro. That's lit. So... So this one's a little bit of a story. It's going to take a couple minutes maybe when it lands. You can then run it, answer it. The floor will be yours. And it all starts off with the girlfriend. She's washing the dishes one time. And she's got that Black Eyed Peas song playing. The, I got a feeling. Ooh. She's vibing. She's dancing. She's doing her thing. And I have this epiphany looking at her. I'm like, when in the fuck did this song become chores music? Because if you think about this track and run it back to like 2009 and all that, it's the middle of the night, banger, celebratory anthem, everybody's loving it, it's around the world, run it to 2022, it's that song you put on when you're doing some chores, maybe you at the gym and you're trying to bring your brain back into that 
funner environment of yesteryear. It got me thinking about the little ones, the 20-year-olds. They are running around with the drills. They're getting sturdy. They don't even know that when they're our age, they're going to be getting sturdy while washing them dishes and all that shit. And all I have to say is that music is an interesting thing because as our lives evolve, and it goes with us on our journey across our lives, we come to realize that the song doesn't change at all, but its placement in our lives and how we feel about the song and what it does for us evolves with us along our musical journey. And that got me thinking about interviews and everything that people talk about. And, you know, normally I talk to rappers and stuff, and they'd be all, like, starting the story at, like, 12 years old, 13 years old. Ah, I first got into hip-hop when I first heard this record. I started writing at this point. Almost like nothing before that ever happened, and they never heard a song one time before that in their life. But the truth about music is it'd be something I'd be playing probably when you popped out as a little baby Joey up in the hospital. There was a song playing, and a little you was absorbing it, even if you don't remember it. I say that because I can remember being like five years old up in the crib in, in Coast St. Luke in the little apartment. My dad's got the little surround sound ghetto speakers all around the room. He's got the great boxes, the amp, the preamp, the tape deck, and the radio. And he'd be busting his Led Zeppelins and things like that in the daytime. But at nighttime, it was all those club hits like that short dick man and all that crap that used to play on the radio back in the day. And all these things kind of created this ambiance. My mom's had her discos and all these kinds of things that would mesh in with that. But all that to say... I had no control over the music, but all that music was being flooded at a little me. So I was wondering if you could bring us back to the youngest Joey Chops that you could remember being and tell us a little bit about what it sounded like to be you when you grew up. Yo, that's that's crazy. As you were saying that, I had like memories, excuse me, flashing through my head and stuff, right? I'm like, yo, I can remember, like, first of all, like, I grew up in a biracial household. Mm. So, pops and where did you white, grow up? Moms is black. I grew up here, well, Montreal, the States, like, I mean, Augusta, Georgia, LaSalle, Lachine, like, I've been. And all that's when you were little, to, little? I'm talking little, little. Like, I can remember back to, like, music like that, right? And my pops always, I mean, he was a big, like, country fan. Like, he listened to, like, Leonard Skinner, like, stuff like that. So, I grew up on that like that was re- like my favorite song as a kid to this day is Freebird by Leonard Skinner mm. and was it like, was, favorite he, was he busting out the vinyls was it the radio how was y'all like consuming the music uh I'm gonna I think it was cassettes I don't vinyl wasn't really big in my house like they had like the little 45s and of like the Rolling Stones and stuff like I don't know where they came from probably accumulated from some friend or something was like yo try these records whatever I remember trying to scratch on, like, this old busted record player. And I was like, whatever, Rolling Stones. Like, my parents would listen to that. Trying to scratch with that and all that. I'm like, yo, what am I doing? I'm not a DJ. How old are you? came to music, it was Skinner, um, Hank Williams Jr., like, on my pops and stuff. like. My mom listened to, like, country, but whatever was on the radio. So, like, Phil Collins, uh. Whitney Houston, like, all that stuff. And then, like, there was soul. Like, my, both my parents love soul music. So, like, there was a lot of that and a lot of, like, belly rubbing music and stuff. You know what I mean? So, like, I can go back real far. So, you're like, yo, you say the vibe change. Like, during the day, it was one type of lick. And then at night, it was like, oh, okay. Like, somebody playing a little bit of Marvin Gaye and stuff in the house. You know what I mean? So, it was always... Yeah, that's actually... That was... It was crazy. I love this question because everybody answers it different, right? Because, of course, they do. But most people don't really talk about daytime music versus nighttime music a lot. I think that's a pretty big, like, distinction. 
Absolutely, man. man. Like there, there's this playlist for during the day, and there's a playlist for at night, brother. Absolutely, I'm especially... jamming out to like Onyx at eight o'clock in the morning. I mean, I have, but like it's not even that like, bad okay, on the way to work. Go to work, you know what I mean? Like, I gotta go and I gotta grind and like. Ah, you know what I mean? I need to get grimy because I'm going to be at work all day with these people that I don't want to be with. You know what I mean? Like, we all know the flex, right? So, for sure. But majority of the time, like, it's more upbeat music for me in the morning. Like, I'm trying to get, like, I want to say happy, but, like, put myself in a mood to where, like, yo, I just don't want to walk in and pow! You know what I mean? Like, I want to try and get through the day with some positivity and stuff. And then later on, we'll get, like, we'll break right. out the black Tims and the hoodie and, like, we'll go from there. <laughs> So when you were like a little one, your parents clearly had the music going on, but were you a fan of music at that point in your life? Absolutely. I mean, like the whole Michael Jackson vibe, like that was my joint, like stuff like that. Like, I mean, I was a little kid to dance to like Hammer and all of that, like all that stuff. But like, I, I'm going to get into hip hop yet. Like just with the before that, like I've always been like a fan of the blues. Like I like hearing it, like just even from a kid, like I enjoy that. Right. Like, I don't know, maybe it's the soul in the music or whatever, but it's always kind of like a, a hooked me, like, oh, I don't know why, but like, I kind of, like, even from so, young. But I mean, I did so, the whole boy band thing as a kid. Like, I remember, like, new, I was part of, like, that New Kids on a Block. I mean, listen to that. Like, I did that. Like, I'm old. Like, I'm dating myself like crazy, but, like, man, I'll put it out a, there. Like, I, it's popular. Like, you go hear it regardless. It's on the radio. Before you know it, you're going to have, like, lyrical herpes in your ear, and it's just going to flare up when you're like, oh, why do I know the words to the song? Like, because you've literally just been hearing it, right? Next thing you know, you're nodding your head to, like, back streets. But you're like, why? 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 Where did that happen? But how do I know every lyric to the song? Yo, to be fair, that song is perfect. Like, in its, like, composition, the way through the... All that stuff, like the way they did it all, like you can't help it. It's designed to not leave your brain, right? Like you're like, okay, cool. We're gonna sprinkle some of this. We're gonna put a little of that. Because by the time Backstreet Boys came in, they saw everywhere that new kids on the block and them failed, and then producers behind the scenes they perfected that science right? and made sure that we was like the spice girls backstreet boys nsync like that whole britney all that era bro it was done all that stuff to this day i'm sure it's all like the wedding music of like today to be honest with you <laughs> there's certain tracks that get played at a wedding for show and for sure i wanted that away it's gotta be absolutely that was like when i was like 12 and shit that was the slow dance song that we would do i was i wanted that way i remember it clearly every single one of them trying to get some girl to get a little bit closer with and stuff sometimes you had the far away slow dance when she clearly don't have anyway that's what that song brings me back to (laughs) yo i honestly i had a conversation with skinny the other day and i never went to a school dance never i never went to a school dance wild I remember at NDG, they had, like, these community dances, so it wasn't necessarily, like, the yeah, one school. I, I remember hearing people going to the, the dance up in DG. We used to have them when I went to Lachine High. They had dances and whatnot. For me, I'm like, Did wait, you... I've been in school all day, and you want me to go back and jam in school at night? No, I'm good. Like, mm. I got homies, like, over here that I would kick it with. Like, yeah, I'm like, being like, cool. That's what I'm hearing. You were like, you were too cool for the school dance. <laughs> I'm not going to go to school, go back, go home, go back to school, go home and go back to school. Wait a minute, that's too much. 
Like, can we have it at the community center? Like, can we do that? Like, I just want to go back to that building and see, like, Mr. Whatever you want to call him, Mr. Chuck. It's like, <laughs> and, you know, he got that coffee breath on him. And he's like, so, Joe, uh, you're going to be dancing and stuff? Like, man, I... I don't deal with your, your yuck mouth all day, and I gotta come with my off time looking fresh with the threads. No, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm holler at Shorty and like, well, we'll go do something else. Like, I'm not. I can't. I never did it. Never I had an interest. Did you dance though? I mean, yeah. Like, I had rhythm and stuff. Like, I danced. Like, dancing was. I'm. <laughs> this will go back to me being a youth. I remember me and my homie. Shout out to Corey. We went out. And like I remember, that's just talking about like the overalls with one side open, the had like spray paint on them and stuff like that, and, and like the whole kid and play era and all of that whole thing. And we used to bust out like dance routines and stuff, bro. Like it was, we thought we were cool. Like I had the haircut, the you know what I mean, like the the Belbim DeVoe joint, bro. Like, all of that. Like, yo, I had all of that. I'm like, yeah, we used to try, man. I mean, I tried so, rapping and stuff. So, I sucked so, at it. Let's go back to that for a quick second. So you're a little one, and we know it's the pre-internet era. So when did yeah. you start to, like, get yourself acclimated with music? So, like, your parents is bumping shit. There's the radios. Michael Jackson's taking over the world. So y'all are trying to moonwalk and shit. Um, what, how, when do you start to like care about music for yourself? Do you remember like your, the song that it went from being something that was around you to like, yo, that's my shit. Yo, the first time I heard the fat boys. Okay. The first time I heard the fat boys, you couldn't tell me. I was like, wait, I'm fat and yo, this, this is music for my people. And yo, they talk about eating food and stuff. I'm like. Yes, please. Like, run that. This is jokes. And, like, that was my... And I remember going to, like... Because I might have no access to, to that, right? Like, where am I going to get a Fat Boys record here in Montreal? Like, or being as a kid facts, in Lachine. Eh? Like, in, a kid in Lachine. Where am I getting a Fat Boys record? I'll tell you where. I'm not. Like, that... Straight up, that wasn't a thing. So I Yo, remember going is, to is the there a go-downtown option to get a Fat Boys record? As, as a youth? No. No. Mm, there was no... There was no, oh, yeah, I'm going to take the bus and go downtown. Yeah. Take the bus and go to sleep. Like, you're not taking a bus and going downtown. Like, uh-uh, you ain't doing that. Fair. I think come on till later in life, right? But So I remember going to the flea market with my parents. Because, like, my dad played music and, like, he did the Telethon of Stars. He did the oh, say word. shows at, like, the flea markets and stuff like that. Yeah, like, Pops Is played. Is he a DJ? No, nah, he was a cover band player. He played, like, country music. Oh, say word. Yeah, man. It was pretty dope. Like I grew up around that. So like I said, I grew up around music and like trucks and race cars. Like that's. Did you ever like play anything back then? Were you like learning with him? Oh shit! Uh, oh wait, can I say that? Yeah, now? absolutely, okay. absolutely. We we right. well past it. <laughs> All right. Um. Shit. Yeah. So I, I'm not even sure if I've told this on my show. And there's only a select few people on Earth that know this. But you know what? I feel comfortable with the home. We have a conversation, so why not? Uh, I don't really remember what year it was, or I do remember what year it was. I'm just not saying it so people can't go look for that and whatnot. You know what I mean? Fair. But I remember them doing the Telethon of Stars at a bowling alley, and then a next spot. I want to say Ville Saint Pierre could have been someplace other than that. Like I don't that part. Mm, I know what you're talking me. about. 
the tele right the telethon of stars though like my dad do playing show there and people they're filming and whatnot and me and his best friend at the time his daughter we got up and sang i think it was two song one or two songs with them on the whole telethon of stars things yeah and i've never told that to i've told that to a handful of people like, Bruh, that's crazy people. thanks yeah, for sharing like, that you got to go on TV and shit and sing. And sing and country like, music dressed up like one of them rodeo people, bro. Yeah. That's, that's hard. I mean, it's maybe not the flex most people would go for today. But at the same time, I've never been on TV freaking singing for anything. That's a wild flex. Yeah. And like I said, I was a youth. Like I was a kid. There's no video. There's probably some video footage of that somewhere. But I'm not dropping the year because I don't want that to... You know when they say, like, yo, you're going to get famous, there's going to be those skeletons that come out of the closet for you? Yeah, that, that's the thing that ends up with me on TMZ, bro. Like, hey, boosh. This bro, was Johnny Thompson like, when he was, like, eight. That's not even a bad thing. I mean, it seems it's like a not, bad thing. It's not, but it was like, where did you find this gem, bro? Like, Yeah, that's the Nardwar like, interview, though. That's what happens when Nardwar talks to you. Right, I get the, the picture of, like, the frilly shirt with, like, the cap. Oh, my God, in the booth. I can't. Like, yeah. So, you know, I like I've I did that whole thing with him. So like when it came to like music stuff. So back to the to the fat boys. I get sidetracked and stuff, man. It happens. Nah, it's the whole show is constant sidetracks. It's a it's a vibe. So I remember we go into the the Marshall Puss and I'm probably saying that wrong, but whatever. I'm from Machine, that's how we said it. Marshall Puss, the flea market. And I go into like he's he's friends with the guy that he basically like a bootlegger, bro. Like I'm not even gonna lie. Mm. It's the guy that had all the the mixtapes. It was like, yo, country music or rock and roll mixtapes and stuff. Like, I don't know if he just sat at home and did this. But he was the bootleg guy. So I remember going in there and asking him, like, yo, his name was Ron. Ron Clark, I think. It might be wrong. Anyway, whatever. He's, I don't think he's any longer with us, but whatever. Pretty Happens. sure. I know his name was Ron for sure. It don't matter. So going to this spot and I'm looking through like go to boys nothing I'm like yo can can you get something for me and he's like yeah like what do you want I'm like I want the fat boys album like I want like the tape of the fat boys can you do that yeah yeah Joy I got you don't worry about it next week you're my guy I got you I'm like yo appreciate that he was friends with my dad so I thought like oh yo flex I got my own mans now like he's gonna bless me with the record I'm gonna be hotness when I go back to school bro this is gonna be sick yeah, I show up next week, but the whole week I'm talking smack in school. I'm like, yo, I'm gonna get the new Fat Boy record. You ain't gonna know. <laughs> like, I'm gonna do all that, bro. You gonna see it? It's crazy, man. <laughs> yo, I go and see Mans on the weekend. I got my my little my little bit of change from my allowance, and I'm all happy. This man goes, here you go, Joe. And I'm like, sick. Here's your money. Pulled it back and looked at. Don't this thing say Pet Boys or Pet Shop Boys? Excuse me, Pet, Pet Shop, Shop Boys. Boys. Pet Shop Boys. Stop. I'm like. I put it back in the can. I'm like, that's not it, bro. Like, these are three like fat black dudes, bro. I don't know what this is, but this ain't it. <laughs> He's like, well, I don't. That, that's all I got, right? I'm like, well, all right. Well, I don't want that, so I'm gonna go pick another tape out. He goes, okay. So I'm gonna pick another tape out, and the other tape that I pick out is "Licensed to Ill" by the Beastie Boys. Mm. I seen this tape. I was like, hmm. That looks kind of cool. I ain't never heard of them before. I saw the album cover. I was like, that looks kind of dope. It looks like kind of whatever, Beastie Boys, whatever. I'm into 
bands and like fat boys, like you know what I mean. So I can see the natural evolution, natural right? evolution. Party is like, okay, I'm a beast, the beastie boys. <laughs> right, like sure, I can vibe with this. You know what I mean? License to L, I know L. L sounds like yo people use that listen to hip hop, so they use that word. So it's got to be cool. I don't know what it is, so I pick it up, put it in a little Walkman. Mind blown. That's a good album, Stills. Like, to start with like that, like, sure, I listened to, like, Iron Maiden and stuff like that before because that's what was around, you know? But, like, the first hip-hop joint... And this like, is basically, like, like, the first album you bought? Yeah. That's crazy. And you had no idea what you were getting into. And no, those are drastically different sounds for the people that may not know. <laughs> <laughs> idea bro but i was like whatever this is cool and that like literally formed my whole so you started with like, the beast <clears throat> and then that makes you want to rap and shit and just start scratching yeah. that's when you start scratching records and fucking up the right, rolling like, stones i want to try that you know what i mean yes all of that like, i want to do all of that and if i want to fight for my right to party like i don't, I don't know what the hell that means but like i'm <laughs> there like, it. <laughs> i want that you know what i mean like and then i found out that they were like I, the entire the entirety time, I think I'm listening to three black dudes out of New York. <laughs> right? I, I don't know. I'm listening to three black guys <coughs> out of New York. Where I have no idea. Well, there are no like I pictures see, of them in the pamphlet or anything. No, well, the thing is, he I don't know how he would do it, but it had like this little gray, like it was printed on paper, bro. Like there was no real. Oh, uh, so we're saying it's the real bootleg, the, bootleg, bootleg, bootleg yeah, shit, bro. Like you know the fugazi from the swap meet. Like yes, but you know what I mean. Like it had one extra song on side A rather than should have been on side B type shit. Like it was, it was one of those, you know. Right. So like there was no. Well, one of my boys is like, yo, here, this is what they look like. I'm like, yo, that's sick. I'm like, I just made the assumption that they were like. Three black dudes, like, I didn't, wow. Yo, now I gotta see, yo, what other white MCs are out here like this, bro? Like, these, these guys are killing it. So I've That's crazy. Love... And this is, like, in the 80s, right? Because I believe yeah. License to Ill is 85-ish, 86, not to date you. Yeah, but I, I think right. No, 87. Like... 87. It's the year of my birth, I'm pretty sure. I copped it, like, 88. Right. You know what I mean? Like... So, like, that part and of life... Did. No, it could have yeah. been 87 when it came out. So, no, it was still hot. Yeah, so like that. So, it's like around then, that point in life. And you're like, bro, white boys could rap back then? Long before the great white hope came and tainted the perception bro, of white. I, I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I've been listening to white rappers way before Eminem. Who were some of the, the white guys that you bumped back then? Then, if you like were really like, I, I mean, I know there's a couple of names I heard of, but like, who was you listening to? Um, okay, shit, we can go back. You know, let me light this real quick, because that's a great question, because I'm fixing to drop some things that, I mean, that's, I remember with being chilling with my cousin and listening to Around the World in 80 Rhymes. I want to say it was by Keish or something like that, or Kish from Canada. I was on him, I was like, yo, he's fire. I mean, obviously, like... The Beastie Boys were sick. Like, I totally kicked with them. I listened to Vanilla Ice. I'm not going to lie. Like, I did that. I know. I, to this day, I can spit every word to that track, probably in three or four different languages if I spoke other languages. Like, I just know that song. You know what I mean? Fair um, enough. Big, 
Big House of Pain fan. Huge Everlast fan. Huge Everlast fan. He's got a nice but, voice. I mean, him, uh, Danny Boy, like the whole the whole vibe of that was killing it. Um, Tom Green with Organize, Organized Rhymes. I don't remember the name of the group, but yeah. Like, check the old art. You like it? So, like, yo, get yeah, a vibe to that. Um, like, that was dope to me. Was it third base? Or I can't remember. I know what you're talking about. That's with the search guy. Surf yes. or something. That that group. Yeah. So, like, I used to jam to that. Like, there was, I mean, there was other music that I would listen to, but like, it was predominantly, like, like, white rap. So you were just like on the white rap lane before the white rap lane was like a popular lane to be on, right? Like what's happening now is like the evolution of what y'all was get geeking on back then, in a sense. And I'm like, yo, that I've been done that. Like, yo, this is not new for me. Don't sleep on them. Don't nah, sleep they're... on them because like, the boys got bars. Like, it was a different time. You had to have bars back then, otherwise. Uh, as I understood it, you could have consequences to claiming to be a rapper and not necessarily having buyers. Facts. Like, that, um, was, that was the 80s. And so back then you decided, were you, did you ever like rap at all or, or like in public, bust rhymes for people and any of that? I mean, I tried to spit a freestyle one or two, bro. When I tell you I was straight trash can water, like I knew I was terrible. I was like, this ain't for me. So then I picked up like a pen or a can and graffiti so was my thing for. So you became a writer. For hip hop, like like the whole culture, like that was my thing. Like I was down with that. What was your uh, tag? You can't do nope, that. Can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know all the rules. I know it's a whole thing. I get it. I don't know. So like you were like pretty active in that culture i don't know what you can talk about but it's a soup i understand that there's illegal shit that goes on in the world of that world so right? it gets a little gray zone so i'm not trying to incriminate you but a lot of us don't know much about the side of hip-hop so it is interesting for the various parts that we can hear about for sure okay so no like when i say like i used to used to bomb and stuff but i don't say bomb but i used to do graffiti and stuff like that yes but i mean there was some point like I was throwing up sets, so you know what I mean. Like, this is this is us. Like, this is my. You know what I mean. Like, I don't have to explain that. Right? Like, you get the the, the vibe. Yeah, right? from the, you know, this the, is our affiliation versus your affiliation, and it's in a bigger <laughs> it's in a bigger thing for the people that right, may not like, follow. Like, yo, we are the Lakers. This is Laker area. Like, take the Bulls over there. You know what I mean. Like, we use it in that metaphor. Yeah. So no. So. <laughs> So I used to, like, do that, and then, like, I got into more artistically and stuff. So I was like, all right, cool. So, like, I tried. Like, I mean, no, I could say a couple. Like, I used to do, like, the alcoholic. Uh, then I did the lick. Like, there was a few like that. Like, and I used to, I mean, there used to be all kinds of stuff that I used to Like, I used to switch. Yo, did, you ever, just... did you ever do any of this? Because, yo, once I first talked to my first craft writer, all of a sudden I'm seeing it all over Montreal. And I'm, like, noticing it in a whole different way. So now my first thing is... Okay, can I see where the dude like got to like do it? You know, like when it's high up and shit. Like, how did he get up there? Oh no, yo, I did never, you ever do any of I that never shit? Did that Spider Man crazy shit. Like, nah, there was none of that at all. I was like, no, nah, I'm not trying to to fall off the side of the thing for my art. Like, yo, did your people do that you. shit though? 
Yeah, I, I, I knew people that did that. Like, I was always, I won't say a loner, but, like, I, when I went to do, like, I had different sets of friends for different things. Like, I was. Right. Somebody in high school told me I'm an all-coast all-star. He goes, because you're everywhere, you're cool with everybody, and then you go back home and you're good. Now, when you leave and head back out of the Montreal, you can hit every neighborhood. People are going to mess with you. You're going to be fine. You're not going to have no beefs. You're good. I'm like, that's just, that's just the vibe of Joey Chops, right? Like. Right. I mean, shit, back then it was probably Joe Dirt is what I would call it more than anything. That's like, yeah, I did the whole... <laughs> that nickname got dropped on me as a youth, too. So, like, maybe... I tagged Mr. Ass and shit. Like, yeah, I was all about that. Because my mom used to call Mr. Ass, get over here. So I started Mr. Ass. Like, that was just something I did from home. Like, that was... That's amazing. So you really, like, were out there for, like, a minute. Because I know, like, to me, the graph guys is the scariest guys of the guys. Like, of all of the people that I would personally not want to fuck with, it's the community that's willing to go do that without fear. Like, because, yo, rappers be talking, and I'm not saying that rappers ain't be getting up to stuff, but fundamentally, our main art form doesn't involve violating the law. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a different... Right? <laughs> you like, got a whole different... there, but you're not... For people to see your shit, you ain't got to be, like, out there, you know? Yo, like, right? that's what's, and I'm not, like, advocating for anything. Personally, it's from this, like, I'm too much of a coward to do it, so I admire it. <laughs> like, I just, I'm just saying it in his facts. But it's, I love it. I love it. I love when I see it. I think it's a beautiful part of the culture. I understand the complication in documenting it. <laughs> and there's so many levels to it, too, right? Like, there's so many levels. You have your taggers. You have your bombers. You have your full-on artists, bro, to get paid to get it done. Like, like I mean, I could tell a story without dropping names. Cause yeah, that's cool. No, we don't. We're not trying to be no DJ Vlad's. We like the idea of the reality of it, but we're not trying to get no one in trouble. So, from like a, a historical point of view, I think it's important for people to understand what went on, but nobody needs to say anybody's names. Right. Okay. So I'm. This will take me out of doing like art and stuff like that, right? But I used to hit right. everything. It didn't matter. A quick one-two on like a. Especially when tagging became like big. Like I got lazy and just started tagging everything. Like everybody, well, people did. So like the art stopped going. It was just about blasting. Excuse me. My name everywhere I could be at. Like yo, I'm here. Wow. Like yo, you walk by. Like, oh shit. Okay, he was here. You know what I mean? Right. Like the homie came through. So. That being said, like I'm older now, I don't stop doing. That. I'm saying, I'm in my early twenties. Like I'm not a dad yet, so I'm in my early twenties, like 19, 20, right. something like that. My dad owns semi trucks. He's got his truck parked behind the house with his trailer. Some point during the night, somebody comes by and tags his trailer. Oh! Instantly, it's my fault. Oh boy. Instantly, it's my fault. Because it's karma for me going out there and tagging up the next man's thing and doing that. So instant karma. This is your fault. How did you, who to find out who did it? Find out who did it. All right. I'll find out who did it. So I put my, my ear to the street. I start making conversations, blah, 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 blah. And I'm asking who this cat is. I can't even drop his. Right. His handle because like it's it's that no you know so like I can't so I'm like bop 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 I'm hollering at people they tell me yo the man's the man's lives up here 
If you roll up there and ask for mans, you'll get him. It's fine. All right. Bet. Boop. I go up. Yo, where's mans? Like, where's he at? Where's da 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 da? There you go, coming out the building right there. Cool. I just instantly, because it's gonna cost my pops 10 racks, bro, to like have it redone and stuff. So I'm just like, rack! Like, I gotta come back with something, because it's a problem, and I've been sent up to get it, to deal with it. So, right. toss him with man's bop, 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 bop. He has no idea why he's catching the fade. Right. He, he knows nothing about it. He does not know why. So I'm like, yo. Oh, next time you decide to spray paint somebody's truck, you should probably know who you're messing with. He stands up and goes, "Yo, I don't even, I don't even bomb. Like, I don't even tag. Like, what are you talking about?" I'm like, "Oh, now I made an enemy for life at this point because I just came up with a straight faded dude. I didn't give him a reason. They said that was homie on some stupid bull type stuff. Right? Get it right." Yeah, no, find out, homie, don't even tag or nothing. So I'm like, well, whatever. Like, you share names with man, so <laughs> change your name. And I peace, bro. I'm like, I don't know what to say to you right now. Like, I'm kind of tired. My hands hurt. Like, you took a little bit more of an ass open than I thought you were going to be able to. So, like, now I'm done with this. Like, you'll change your name, fool. And, like, these things won't happen to you. Like, I don't know what to say to you. So I dip. And I'm like, yo, I didn't find a kid. Sorry, like, I didn't find him. Fast forward two years. Yeah, this is about two years later. I'm standing in a video store, and the homie comes in. And I know homie. Homie's my peoples, bro. And he hollers out to the guy behind the counter. Hey, yo, bow. This guy's cashing me out. I look up at him like... He looks at me because he knows I've been looking for this cat. Because I've told him, as an artist, like, yo, I'm looking for this dude. Do you know who that is? He's like, nah, I don't know that guy. I don't know him. My homie walks through the front door, hollers out the dude's name that I've been looking for. I look at my homie. I look back at this dude that I thought was people's. We were cool. I'm like, yo, are you serious right now, bro? Like... I went to snatch him over the counter, like, yo, how are you been lying to me for, like, two years, B? Like, no. You know what kind of fugazi fool you made me look like? I'm, um, fire set up. I'm, I'm losing my mind, right? I dip. I'm like, whatever. It is what it is. Like, you and me, like, I now know who you are and where you are. This will come around. Like, it's fine. So I go into this other spot where he's working. And every time I would walk in there, they'd be like, yo, we don't want no trouble. No, nothing. I'm like, nah, ain't gonna be no trouble. But y'all better have stuff here that A, I can wear, B, that fits, and like, yo, my size. Like, I'm not playing with y'all. Hmm. I'm like, at least you better be able to accommodate me. I'm still gonna purchase it. But due to the fact that you don't want me to come across the counter and slap the life out of man's. At least order stuff that works for me. Get and that's the flex that I got out of that. Is that I, every time I went in there, there was something. It's like, yo, yo, we got this size clothes. Like, this, we got that. Like, yo, we good, we good. Like, don't worry about. It. Like, yo, we got a whole section. That's all I want. So, you so it took me not throwing a dude. 
just for the neighborhood to get some big man gear, bro. Yes, I leveraged the situation to get the neighborhood. I, I had no idea where that was going, but that's incredible. That that's so. Matt, to recap, man's tags your dad's thing, which comes with a fee. It takes two years to find out who he is. When you realize who he is, you're like, fuck that. I want clothes that fit more than I want to get violence. Applying some wisdom here. This is not the same bull energy from earlier. Instead, this time, we set it up. And then, I've heard you complain about trying to find shoes and shit in your size, so I imagine it's it's a challenge. Size 15 club, bro. It's a challenge. <laughs> I had my man telling me how size 14 Nikes are basically a unicorn for him. And when he can find shit that fits, it's like just just like that. It's a big blessing. So it sounds even harder if it's 15. But that's wild. Dude, and then you're, you're competing with the NBA. So my <laughs> shoes, I compete with LeBron James. Like he wears a size 15. Like, so you're saying like Nikes when Unlimited go, comes go out. Chops or LeBron? Like mm. LeBron's catching the, the kick all day. That's fair. I never thought about it like that. By having smaller feet, I'm just not competing with athletes, so there's a lesser likelihood of that going to an athlete. Like you're competing with the, the general norm of like everybody. Yeah, no, I got a really like, like average a shoe size. Chance. And that, like, that gives you a fighting chance. I'm not winning against LeBron or like D-Wade or something. I'm not winning. So you're saying, like, these are for them limited runs and shit where, like, you yeah. know, like, the Montreal dunks. Yo, I got mad people hating on those things. Low-key, I love them. I think they're fire. I think they're really cool, I like too. them better than the, the UE Montreal ones. And, like, I know people that worked on the UE Montreal ones. Yeah, I just think that these bagel things, like, stylistically, you look at that and you're like, yeah, that looks like Montreal. It, like, it's just this beige bagel shoe. And you're like, it's done in a simple way. And it feels like a bagel on a shoe. Like, But in a sense, because it's our city and we know it's better than New York's bagel, we feel that pride when we look at that shoe, I think. And it's well delivered. It, like, taps right into everything I would want out of something that would be a bagel shoe. But, Dude, I'm down. So. Like, I am down. I, I think it's dope. Like, I had this conversation with Skinny. He wasn't really feeling it. And I was like, what do you mean you're not feeling it, bro? Like, I don't I don't understand that. How can you not? It's it's us. Like, and then I've had this conversation with other people, like, outside the bar and whatnot. And like, like, how do you not like the bagel? That is Montreal, bro. Like, it just needs, like, potholes. And, like, it'd be the city, bro. Like... Yo, can you imagine that? Like the next fucking collab thing, Montreal potholes, <laughs> and it's just like a gray shoe. It's like an, or an orange, <laughs> a gray and orange dunk, so it looks like a cone. But they like flip the sole over. It's translucent with like a pothole on the sole. You're welcome, Nike. Run me my check. Nah, that's hard. That's hard. <laughs> I, would, I think that would go the pretty far. The like a reflective gray. The the shoes with that three M gray. Bro, like, come on. And you Call can wear like, that yeah, while you're cycling at night, and it's going to help the car see you. It's, it's a practical shoe. It has a safety value. <laughs> yeah, what he said. <laughs> so, like, when, when you were, like, younger, right, like, in high school and stuff, um, like, what... Were you involved in any of the sports or any of the social programs or like what were you up to in that phase of your life? I was an asshole. 
Fair. A lot of us were. Like, I did the shit that, like, I don't know, rappers rapped about. Like, I don't, I wasn't part of, like, the Glee Club and shit like that. Like, I didn't, my teachers used to say, you're a terrible student, but you're an awesome guy. That's a weird thing to and say like, to a kid. Like, yo, you're a terrible student, but, like, you're a great person. Like, you're a great kid. That shit used to happen all the time. And I'm like, I, I understand that, like, because I, I don't really feel like... I'd rather converse with you and have a conversation and learn that way than to sit there and be like, two plus two is four. I get it. Like, I'm not... So, I mean, the whole school vibe wasn't for me, like... So I didn't, like, want to stay and do the extra, like, oh, let's go to basketball. Like, no, I'm trying to get out of this place as fast as possible. Yo, people really said that. Like, like, that's all... That's wild as fuck. Like, I don't know. Maybe sometimes I just hear some shit and I'm like, there's not a point in my life. I was like the opposite. I was the a really annoying as shit kid, but I pulled 90s. So teachers wanted me in their class because I pulled their averages up, even though they wanted to send me to the principal's office just as bad. But I pulled their averages up. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still ended up getting my fair share of trouble. But like... um I find that, like, it's crazy that they would say to you, you're a bad student. Because, like, now, with all the bullshit we learned since, you know, the enlightening of the internet, that's really bad to say to kids because it's going to make them not think they can, like, learn and shit. And so it's just, like, a, a wild reality. That was that was just my, my truth. Like I And I took that as, like, I understood it. Like, when they said that, it made total sense to me. Right. I was like, I can actually see what you're saying. Like, yeah, I'm not a bad person for not wanting to sit here and listen to you tell me about, like, the the fur trade or whatever. I've never used algebra ever. Yeah, I would have to dispute that thing. I'm going to dispute the algebra claim because motherfuckers be, like, planning their days and dead ass, like, the what time do I need to leave in the morning is an algebra equation that we do actually do on a pretty daily. But I get the point. We don't really use the Pythagoras. But, yo, algebra is kind of useful for planning a day. Pythagoras? That yo, that's like that a, shit they teach. A, a but, yo, movie. algebra, like, dead ass is just variables, right? So, like, when you're like, okay, so I wake up at 7. That's that's one variable. I got to brush my teeth. It takes this long. You know, like when you do that process, you're dead ass just using algebra. You're you're moving numbers around and balancing an equation to figure out what time do I need to leave in the morning. And if they taught it to y'all like that, motherfuckers would never hate on algebra again. Yeah, you know what we call we call time management. Yo, you need algebra to do time management. But they wouldn't call it. First of all, in my household, I don't even call it algebra. I call it algeroka. Fair. I'm like, it's the algeroka. It's, it's just one of them things. Like, I don't even. I'm like, it's algeroka. Like, it means nothing to whatever. That's fair. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, time, teach me time management, and it happens to be algeroka, bro. I'm good. Like, I don't. I hear what you're saying. Just don't tell me it's algebra. Nah, I hear you. Algebra and the way they I'm teach so in the school glad is weird. That I was. I didn't get into calculus and stuff. Like, I want no part of that. To me, it was math mad weird. adding and subtracting. It always I tried comes calculus. back to adding and subtracting. I was bad. I got really bored, to be honest with you. So when I got to that point, I was like, why? 
I mean, I could I understand it math a little looks bit. Like when you call it calculus. Yo, it's just bigger equations with more brackets. <laughs> more like fucking lines. I lost of interest stuff. in math when they started adding like letters and like yeah. brackets. I'm like, what are you brackets? It's math. Like, why are you putting brackets and quotations and period? What are we doing? Like, I lost it. Yo, it's I a language. Like, it's I kind of hate it because, uh, okay, like, it's a language, and if you ever learn the language, it's kind of blessed. I, like, speak it very badly, but I speak it well enough to, like, appreciate it and let the people who speak it well do their thing. So I look at, like, math the way people look at songs and shit. I'm like, y'all can enjoy that shit. And sometimes I'll even watch YouTube videos where guys just break down math shit, and I'm like, this is fire, and I retain none of it, bro. None of it. Now, but it's now, entertaining. Me, I look at somebody like customizing a car, or, like building a motorcycle, or even I look at a car or a motorcycle or something like that. I can envision what it would look like tricked out a certain way in my mind. Or if you say like, yo, I want a color like this. I can envision that. And I can see that. But that's a whole other part of Joey Chops thing. That's actually where the chops came from. But yeah, like that whole vibe of visualizing stuff you're saying with like the math and whatnot i do that with like automobiles and like cars and shit like making shit cool like customizing and whatnot like i'm big when into did, that like, when did you start getting into cars so you asked if i was into sports right it's literally we can double right back to how this let's question run it began so you asked if i was into sports nah i was never a sports guy like i mean did a little bit of football only got back into football later on in life um it became cars and motorcycles and lowriders for me my dad was a gearhead he always like we used to have, he used to have a drag car called pocket money it had like me my brother my mother's names like on the hood and stuff with that i remember being at the racetrack with him or standing outside the car like as a kid like it's i'm talking under under five i remember this vividly of standing on like a center block with my hands beside the hood like rabbit rabbit like Bruh. He's revving like this 800 horsepower race car. You know what I mean? So like instantly hooked from like a young age to anything with a motor. And so that I've always been into it. So when it became time for like, oh, well, we're trading hockey cards or we're playing hockey or we're playing ball hockey. I'm like, I want none of that. <laughs> I'm going to kick back. I'm going to read Lowrider magazine. I'm going to read Easy Rider. Granted, sure, they had the Tatas and Easy Rider and whatnot. But I read it to like look at the bikes. And like, even my boys were like, oh, I'm really going to play, boy. I'm like, I could see that and still have like a dope-ass motorcycle underneath it. Like, I'm getting the best of both worlds. You keep your your little hustler, whatever it is, you guys, fine. Like, I'm, I'm good with... Yeah, hustler went a little more intense than Playboy, you know. I'm just saying. There was a little more happening in hustler. Correct. But, I mean, like, I'm not even going to get into that side of the... <laughs> That's a whole different conversation of teenhood. Uh, no, but... So, yeah, so, I mean, I just got into that. And then, like, I remember my dad gave me, like, a carburetor. He just a car just it, gave you one. It was for a birthday or whatever. He's like, "Yo, here." I'm like, "Sick." So, but you just gotta like fix it. it. It doesn't work. So I'm gonna teach you how to fix it and whatnot. So you need this, you need that, da, 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 and take it all apart and put it. I'm like, "All right, cool." So I taking it apart, clean it all out. It was okay, cool. So I put it back together. I'm like, "Oh, okay." Well, it's process of elimination. It starts at piece. It started at piece one this way. And went to 50. Well, now it's going to start at piece one this way and go back to 50. Like, it's, it goes back together exactly the same way it came apart, right? Right. So, I re-put it back together, 
cool. He's like, all right, walks outside, sets it on the car. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Boom! Congratulations. You just rebuilt the carburetor for the race car. Right. Because of what I did, the car runs now. And you're Couldn't like a teenager, right? Yeah, like, I was like a teenager. I was like, holy crap. I, I'm maybe like 11-ish, like even preteen. Okay. Like, yeah, like, I mean, I wasn't saying that I was definitely, I was already way into it by the time I was a teenager. Like, I was on my way to, like, buy, like, my first car and stuff like that, or getting my first car, rather. Nah, but that makes, like, it's a huge point of pride, eh? It's like anything else that, like, the first time you, like, realize that you can accomplish something incredible. Like, I used to watch my dad fix the car, right? It would take him, like, six, seven hours hours with manuals and shit so like i can kind of picture how much effort it would be to like really take apart a piece of a car and put it back together and then to see it work and just know it like no that's crazy that's a crazy like, flex because of something i did it does what it's supposed to be like yeah it's just crazy but i mean we used to have chilton books in my house that were for like different years of cars so like all camaros whatever and you go through and it's like yo it's all for that and it broke it down piece by piece. Like, I still have, like, you know, my pops have been gone for, yeah, I know you're saying. for a minute. But I still have these these things. See, so I would just, like, like that would be, like, the like every individual year in car models kind of different. So that would be, like, that really thick book that would, like, have everything in the car and how to fix it. Yes. From, like, year 1967 to, like, 1969 or whatever like that. Like, that genre of stuff. Right. And then... See, I remember as a kid, <laughs> this is me with cars and whatnot. My dad used to own a tow truck company. I'm maybe 12. If I'm, Let me take a quick, do some algebra. Uh, now, <laughs> I'm like 12, 13. And he owns a tow truck company. He's got a few tow trucks running. Like he's doing his thing, right? Pops was always a hustler. Like, mom's always a hustler. Like, that was... Gotta eat, gotta... Got to do whatever it takes to, to get food, right? Right. So he said this one thing, and he's like, okay, Joey, like, he, I knew how to, like, boost the cars off and stuff like that, but I had no driver's license. So he gets this dude that's like, okay, Joey, you're going to go with this guy, boost off these cars, come back, like, I'll give you a little bit of bread, like, whatever, like that. Part-time job as a kid, like, why not, right? Right. So we go over. I'm trying to do exactly what I'm supposed to be doing because I know my pops is like, yo, do this. And I'm like, this, this, and this. Like, this is exactly what we're supposed to do. Anything you got to say or want to do is going to affect me doing this. I'm not having it. I was told step one, two, three. We did one, two, three. Like, right. Start the car. Let's get out of here. He says something to me. I snap back and I'm like, yo, do like on some like, I'm gonna lie. Like now, I'd be like, yo, a bitch move. Like, you know who the boss is, right? Like, you don't think I know what I'm doing? Like, I was taught by the guy that showed you how to do it. Right. Just because I'm, like, 12 doesn't mean you have any more knowledge in your head of what I'm doing than what I'm doing because we both learn from the same guy. If anything, I know a little bit more because your ass is probably drunk or something's wrong with you. Like, I'm a kid. I got nothing on my brain but what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm going to be making, like, $50 when I get back. $50 for me at 12 years old is, like, balling. I mean, it you is. Mean like 1992, 50 bucks, bro? Bro, you can hit so much candy. Bro, candy, nothing, bro. I was headed to like P.O. Metro, 
pick me up like a Pele Pele knockout oh, shirt. Say, bro, we going like that direction already. Twenty five bucks. <clears throat> like I was, yo, that was half a pair of kicks at the time. Like, yo, what do you mean? I'm gonna get a pair of shoes, bro. I might be saving up for like an eight ball jacket. I want to look fly. You know what I mean? Like, you're messing with my okay. money right now. So he's he says something, and then he ends up telling me to shut up. Actually, he said, like, yo, shut the fuck up. You know what you're talking about. You're stupid. Oh, boy. Huh? I I'm, okay, cool. So I call my pops. I'm like, Dad, yo, this, this guy, blah, blah, blah. he says, Dad, he's like, you know how to drive the truck, right? I'm like, yeah. It's cool. Bring it home. I'm like, all right. I drive off in the, the little booster truck. Leave the man standing right there. With the woman's card, I just boosted off. Right. I just drive off. I got the money. I got the bill. I got the receipt. Like, I've done the job. He's over there trying to mack on Shorty or whatever. I think that's what it was. He was trying to mack on the girl. And I'm like, yo, we got other things to do. Like, You're like, I want to get more jobs done because I need more I want more money, bro. I'm trying to get more. Exactly. Like, I'm focused. And like getting you the have car not yet stuff. hit the point where women become the focus is what I'm hearing. Facts, bro. I'm like, I want this bread, bro. I don't get, if I get more of this, I know at this point, if I get more cash, that's going to be easier to talk to because I got, without right. this, what am I doing with that? We're not getting around my bus pass. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is not a, this is not a thing. So, like, I know that it takes 12 years to... old already being like, bro, I know I need the whip. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Like, I need a whip. Like, I mean, my uncle was like that. Like, yo, uncle was a G, straight up pimp. Like, yo, you need. Whip, bro. Like, you need that. So, I pull back up to the house, go up to his keys. I'm like, here you go. He's like, wait, you actually left him? My pops didn't think that I was going to get in and just drop him. I was like, yeah. You said, come on home. He goes, yeah, but I meant you and him come home, come back to base, and I was going to fire him, not you. Like, but you asked if I know how to drive the truck. He goes, yeah, but I was like, no, you don't. I'm like, yeah, I did. Like, I. I've been practicing the whole stick thing. Like, I got it. <laughs> guy come, takes a taxi back to the house. He's losing his fucking mind. My boss is like, yeah, but you weren't doing the job. You're fired. Bye-bye. Boom. Goodbye. And Pops had, like, a deep southern accent. He was from the point, but he had a deep southern accent. Long beard, long hair. Just literally looked like a member of the elite motorcycle club, you know what I mean? Like, he just looked like that, right? Right, right. So, but it's, okay, they did. He's like, you really, yeah, I really drove the truck home. I'm like, parked it, it's outside. Like, it's fine. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Huh. Don't let your mother find out. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> no kidding. Because <laughs> if mom finds out, we both dead. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, good thing mom doesn't listen to me do interviews and stuff. I mean... Uh, but yeah, I mean, like you might have, so, one day this might be the clip she finds and she's like, "Oh, say a word, is that what happened?" <laughs> I was said, "Like ah, what was that? You don't think I watch you when you didn't? I watch you. Oh man, <laughs> so I stop." <coughs> You no, never know, so though. Yo, that's the crazy thing about doing these shows, though. Just on a side point, you literally never know who's watching. And then sometimes people be wildly not commenting, and then they'll walk up to you in real life on some real shit and be like, yo, I never comment, but I watch you all the time. And I'm like, why don't you comment? 
it would be so nice if you commented. But I really do appreciate the fact that people like do watch on the low. And shout out all of you lurkers who've never commented once on any of our content. <laughs> so, the getting onto that. Like, so yeah, and back to the, I'll get onto the cards real quick, and I'll get onto your comment. Yeah. So I've always just been into the cards and stuff like that, like the whole sports and whatnot. Like it was one of those things. I was into automotive, and it just never changed. So it, it's always stayed that way. I've got lots of friends from it. Like I did pretty well in the car scene. Like I used to do stereo competitions and come in first place. Like I used to work for magazines, selling magazines, me and my brother. Like we used to work for Performance Auto and Sound Magazine. Like we hit the car thing running. Like my brother was on the telephone with the guy that designed the cars for Fast and the Furious. Wait, say what? To like consult? Like spoke to him on the phone, like trying to get like parts and stuff like that. Oh, actual man's like he met a lady in Laval that actually knew him and just hit him up with his cell phone number like straight up like here just call him directly tell him I sent you and like maybe get some free stuff we ended up getting some like capacitors and stuff like that sent to us like from the Fast and the Furious cars or just like in general just this guy sent you some shit like okay guys I get a call send you some shit so you guys did like custom work on cars for people and whatnot. Well, yeah, okay. We did a lot of custom stuff for us, and then like once we got into like motorcycles and stuff, like yeah, we worked on custom stuff for like other people and stuff like that. Yeah, like that. That one point was my my way of living. Like that was my livelihood. That's crazy. Like you were like, like the guys that people like make reality TV shows about. Oh, it's funny enough. Like me, my pops. Like you talk about like American Chopper and stuff like that. Where those guys used to scream back and forth. Dude, me and my pops some of our most hellacious fights have been working on a bike together. That's amazing. So these oh, shows are fights, but more real than not. I would not change it for anything, though. Right. Like, I would not take that away from the system. Granted, we had some terrible arguments. But the best time of my life. Like, so much fun. So did you guys have, like, a shop? Like, yeah, we owned a shop over here on 18th Avenue in Lachine in, like, the basement of, like, a building. That was so, so bad. Like, we were so grimy. Like, the, the sewage from the bathroom, the water, well, I call it shit river, would run from the bathroom through the middle of our shop into the next guy's shop and, like, form a puddle over there. And we'd be wow. Motorcycles, like, out of there. Bro. Like, laying on... We just had this one dude. His name was Squirrel. He's a Lachine legend. Okay? Like, Lachine will say pure legend. Like, everybody knows this man. He walks around looking like the Grim Reaper. If you've been... By the bridge in uh, they'll say Pierre the Green Bridge there, right there by the Tim Hortons, and you see this dude that just looks like the Grim Reaper. Like this is the man's I'm talking about. Right. So he used to come by and like he had this issue where he ground his teeth like crazy, and I'm like, yo, take some food, put it in your face, like stop grinding your teeth, like that's what I remember about him most. But he's like, yo, I'm like, yo, it's cold outside. We would have like, yo, it's cold outside, and I'm not gonna let you sleep in the shop because well. I don't know you like that. Like, like, I'm trying to do something nice, but, like, yo, if you want to catch, like, a pillow and, like, a blanket and, like, sleep right outside the door, we'll tell him that it's okay. You're just, like, guarding our shit or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, yeah, cool, no problem. I remember one night I dipped and I had something to do and I forgot to lock the door. Oh, boy. Total flu. Like, normally never happen. And, like, all the tools, the bikes, and I forget to lock the door. I'm out. 
Buddy comes downstairs in the building to see it. Like, we used to work like all kinds of late hours and craziness, right? And he come downstairs and he seen that the door was unlocked. He pulled the door closed, lay down on the floor in front of it. And when I showed up the next day, to, or, no, my pop showed up the next day before I did. That was the problem. He shows up to the shop. He sees man sleeping on the floor. He's like, yo. And then he pushes the door to open. He's like, why is the door like, I don't know. I came here. It was unlocked. I looked around. I didn't see anything was missing or nothing was ransacked. Then he goes, so I just closed the door and I just went to sleep in front of it. But when I showed up at <laughs> at work or <laughs> the shop, yeah, not okay for me, bro. Did I catch the heights of like <sighs> the wrath of pops, bro? What are you doing? You left the dad and So yeah, led into a hellacious argument and fight or whatnot. But like that was literally some of the best times of my life. Like, we, building art that I can rip up the highway on, or rip up the street. It's cool as shit, dude. Like, there's no other feeling. No, it really like, I guess it is. Like, when you write a rap, right? Like, when you write a song or whatever like that, and you hear people bumping your shit, or they react to your shit, like you're on stage, you see people reacting to you. Now, imagine me on the highway, driving down the highway, carrying on, and you're in your car, and you look over at me on my motorcycle and kind of give me a, like, yo, that that's cool, right? Like, oh, that's kind of dope. That's the record. Like, yo, I built this. And you nah, I totally cool? relate to that shit. I look at all the visual arts as some as some shit I'm really bad at. Like, give me words, things like that. I like to think I'm right with the music thing. But, like, the second you leave that and we start talking about, like, custom paint jobs or clothing things, like, that whole shit is so cool to me. And, like, I, I totally get it because, like, I, I'm, like, as big a fan of that as people might be of music and shit. So, like, I look at it all in the same kind of lens as what you're describing. And, yeah, I totally, like, gawk at, like, fucking nice design cars, especially when they got that cool American chopper kind of shit going on. And you're like, because it's not regular. It's basically, like, the fly kicks of, like, automobiles and motorcycles, <laughs> you know? That's kind of what it is. It's like just having the the Not nicest drip. Together. I rock a pair of J's and ride my Harley, bro. So like, it's a flex. But not like, yeah, so like that's, and that's the whole, that that's me in a nutshell. Like choppers, hip hop, and like just Santa so cool you, shit. Like so you'd be building cars for a hot minute or building the choppers for a hot minute. And then what well, got? I don't think I've ever done anything stock. Wow, that's crazy. So everything is something you've built, just to like clarify. Not, okay, not built, but like made my own stake on it, or put like my own little one-two. You know what I mean? Like it's, something's always been something different, except for like what I'm driving now. Like I drive almond milk now, 2011 minivan. Shout out to you. Like I call it almond milk. She's white, kind of dirty. You gotta do it. She's bland as hell, but. You're at a certain oh, point, right, practicality right. just takes over your life, and you're like, yo, this is... It's more got, comfort than got, anything, homie. Like, you got space. Like, like, a big man, I'm like, yo, I'm chilling. I'm in a van, like, not caring. Like, my, my Harley's cool as fuck, so like, I don't... Well, you drive a minivan? I'm like, yeah, but I own a Harley. And when I pull I that out, I'm pretty cool. I learned to drive on a Ford Aerostar, so, like... 
I don't know. Shout out to the Arrow Stars, bro. Used to have two of those. Bro, one was one was standard. That's hard. But like, there's one that's parked in front of my building for like the last six months. So like right now, there's a red Arrow Star. Shout out you, person on fielding with a red Arrow Star. But they be there every day. And my dad was obsessed because like he did newspapers for a hot minute. So he would like load that shit up in the Arrow Star. And because it's like a box shape. It's actually really good for that kind of thing to get a little bit oh. more in the truck. And so he just got really into them. He he had the the, the ones with the seven seats. Then at one point, we had a, like a short a shorter one. We had another longer oh, one or something. Oh, the big boy. Yeah, the <coughs> yeah. Yo, that's what I learned to drive on was the fucking big boy, Aerostar shit, and some old Smobile 88. Those are the cars that we had going on at that point in my life. Yo, that reminds me of a rap from... Uh, it's not Devin the dude. It's some Houston cat, but he's like, "Yo, bumping in my old school Delta eighty eight. Like, I remember that. Anytime somebody says Delta eighty eight, I think I like that one bar that comes in my head. Yeah, that's like a big ass shit. Start, but yo, the minivan shit, like, it might not be the flyest looking thing, but now at this age, and I think about storage space, and I'm like, bro, it's a yo, wonderful thing. Let, let's not get it twisted. The only reason I'm, I could turn it cool. Mm. Like I dump, hypothetically say, thousand bucks into it, and I can make it be dope, bro. Like I throw some wire wheels on it that I have from over here, some lowrider shit. It set it down because they're a little bit smaller, so I set it down closer to the floor. Tint the windows out. Throw a system that I have from around the house somewhere. Like I got some sort of whip still. Throw one of those in it. Quick air intake, so it kind of goes whoop. Let's go down the street. And I'm not stock running the cool as fuck. That's like, literally, I used to do shit like that, bro. I used to do shit like that all the time. So how can I you take stop? Something, throw something out there. Uh, not to get dark and shit, but like, my pops passed. Oh. No, it's like y'all's thing. Right? It was like our thing. And like, I'm still like, I just haven't really checked the car out. Like, I built the last motorcycle I built. When he passed, like I finished it. Right. Once I finished it, I didn't ride it. I didn't. I didn't even ride it, bro. I just sold it. I was like, nah. oh, it's finished. It's done. It's gone. I kept. I sold my other Harley. I kept just his Harley. Like I just have that. Like, but I've been talking to some homies. I've been talking to some of my people. I've been getting back in touch. And like we're talking like this has been six years ago. Right, right. Like we're going back six years and I haven't done it. Doesn't mean like it's like riding a bike, bro. I go outside, I still tinker with my own stuff, right? You know what I mean? I still got my sled. But I've been talking to some people and I want to let them know, and they already know that I'm coming out heavy this summer. Okay. Because I miss that piece of who I was and who I am. Like I need that back in my life. Like I need to trick shit out. Like I can't be riding stock. Like I can't. So it's really even if it's just for yourself, just to like just to get it, you know, scratch the itch a bit. Like like a rapper who after retiring is like, but bro, I still gotta drop this album, just because you gotta drop that album, even if he don't care if it sell, just because it's what he does in his soul. I respect that shit. Exactly, it's just for me. Like, when, well, during the six years, I'd work on my own stuff, like fix my own myself, break whatever like that. I take care of it. One of the homies would be like, oh, I got a project going, da, 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 da. I'll come on by, we'll kill a few beers, we'll tinker with the bike. All right, cool, go by, do a little one-two. So I always had, like, just the kept my, my skills sharp by just using the 
at different little times, right? Just to be like, nah, I still got it. Still right. got it. Like, it ain't. I can still throw the one, two. Like, I ain't been in the gym in a minute, but I can still. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? like, I'm still I there. Hear you. I hear you. Yeah. So, like, it was like that. So, I always kept it, like, kept it a buck. Like, I was able to do it. But, but this summer. So, yo, before we move on from this, what's the craziest modification that y'all ever did? Like, the most, the biggest flex of all the car, the mods that you ever did in your career? Ooh. Damn. Um, fuck. That's a really good question. I mean, I want to say that there's so many, but there's two in particular. And one... Actually, I'll, you know what? I'm going to hit you with a quick one, two, three. Like, the first one, the second one, the third one. Like, this is my top three because I, I, I've done a lot of... We've done a lot of shit. Right, right. Um, we built a truck. Now, my dad had a was a truck driver, right? And he had his 1975 A-model Kenworth semi-truck that he brought back from South Carolina. He rode back on a milk crate. Not even a seat, bro. He rode back to Montreal on a milk crate. Passed the border, did all that, came home. Hold on, are you allowed to do that? That's. Is it like legal to home. drive on a milk crate? He came home. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not legal. I mean, the milk crate wasn't even so dumb. It I mean, I don't think, like, for the sake of whatever, anyone cares. It's just like a. You know, like, but I was just like, wait, are you. They let him pass the border? Nobody cares. And, like, the truck's been gone for a minute. So, yes, like. No, like no seatbelt, no nothing, bro. Like wild. Like no, no nothing. <laughs> like, at one point, you could see the ground through the through the floor. You look like oh yeah, there's there's earth like like right there and turning parts. So, okay, and he brought this thing. I think he paid like maybe five racks for this thing. Like maybe five, max ten. Like, but the motor was good. Like, was a good solid truck. Just. It had like no seats and no nothing like that. So he brings this thing home and like we look at him like, I didn't see the vision pop. <clears throat> like I can see that if we dump or if you dump all kinds of bread into this thing, it can be dope. Like, I see it, but yo, we ain't got no seat, bro. Like you drove up here on a milk crate. Like just That's so we're clear, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, and, and a big ass hole in the floor. He goes, but I seen it, and I knew I had a vision for it. That's wild. I'm like, all right, so fast forward. This thing is done to the nines, bro. Nines with decked out, frame is stretched, everything stainless, paints buff. We put a sound system in it. Wheels are polished, stacks, lights for days. You name it, we've done it to this truck. They have a massive truck show in Louisville, Kentucky massive truck show. Like, this is like the truck show. If you have a semi-truck that's cool, this is where you want to be. Like This is like the Las Vegas super shows of trucks. Oh, you guys all did all these circuits and shit too. Yeah. Okay, cool. So he's out there. He's out there at that with my brother. The day before, like judging or whatever, they both come down like super sick. Pop Dayquil, polish the truck all night long because they took Dayquil so they can't sleep. The next day, they crash out. Show ends, cool, they peace. Gets home. Don't we get an award sent to us that we won third place in Louisville for best of show? 
Like, huge accomplishment. Like, just, just some, some regular folk from Montreal put together That means that you had the third best truck at the trucker WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm understanding. Just to, like, correlate it to something. Apparently, being third best is, like... I'm trying to reach first, bro, but third seems to be where I stay at right now. Like that's three's my number. Yo, you so know what that, though? You're still on the podium. You're still on the podium. Bradley, I ain't hating. Like I ain't saying like yo, shout out to both of you. Like, yeah. Listen, I have a comment like that. Like, I may not have the big, biggest one in the room, but I ain't got the smallest one in the room either. That's it. You know what I mean? You, know, you just I'm don't want to be there. anywhere that you, you're on the top half of the shit. That's where you want to be. Top half of the life. Right? <laughs> so shit does flow downstream. I'm only getting hit with a little bit of it. It's all right. But no, nah, so so the next one, I, my dad for, I forget what birthday it was. It was like my 20th birthday or something. I'm big into Impalas. Huge into Impalas. He buys, I used to get his hands on it because he trades. Like he do that. Like the whole barter system stuff. I grew up around that. He be trading and shit, and he comes home on a 1963 Impala for me. Now, for those of you who don't know what that is, that's like every West Coast car you've ever seen in like a Boys in the Hood. Like it was a 64, but right, right. I had a 63 hardtop. Right, so we get that. That that's the coolest thing since shoestring to me. We do a little bit of stuff to it. Da, 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 da. Pops ends up talking us into a sponsorship by Kenwood. Okay. So we're sponsored through a dealership for Kenwood. Like this one audio store got Kenwood to sponsor us through that. So that Either means way, the sound system her... was from them? Yeah, this whole sound system was from all the 12 12-inch subwoofers, 6 10-inch subwoofers, 9 6x9s. Like all of that stuff in the car was from them. When I tell you this car was so loud, I'd be coming down... I'm going to put this. I'd be on like Queen Mary. Or not even. When I'm going to the Julep, before I hit the Mercedes dealer coming from that way. Right. You could hear me at the McDonald's. That's serious. Like you could hear me at the McDonald's. Like, yeah. You used to have a sticker on the dash. It's an orgasm donor. <laughs> <laughs> Man, when you got a car like that, though, the girls that be in the cars like that, be in the cars like that to that level. As I understand it, car groupies be a real ass thing. Car groupies is a real thing. So, so that, like, that's my second. Yeah, did you ever, like, pull up at them julep fucking um, car nights? Yeah, absolutely, bro. Like, yo, the owner of the julep was cool with my pops so much that he would let us park our car right there by, like, the kitchen area. Plug in a battery pack, plug it into inside, and just run our shit off of that. Like, we were good. That they kept us a spot, like at the Julep. Like, yeah, yeah. They did the Julep circuit for years. We did the Julep, Lafleur's in the West Island, Naperville Car Meet, Santa Stash Car Shows, bro. Like the for a chunk of my life, the car show, you Sport Compact Performance. It used to be at the Big O. Like you know, all of these things, you know, I was. In there, like swimwear. I was on. Me and my fam were all of them. So you like guys basically went on tour with custom yeah. cars. Yeah. Yo, that's wild. Cause like, 
Honestly, I don't know if I would watch the show, but my mom would watch this show of your, like, guys doing all this shit. Like, everything you're describing sounds like some shit I would watch if my mom was there and, like, you know, that's what she had on. And, like, but, like, really, it's right up there with some of this other shit I see. And, like, it almost sounds like you're giving me some TV show shit, like, milk crate cars, motherfuckers be trading up, just pulls up with an Impala out of nowhere. Next thing you know, y'all are sponsored. You know, no, it's like, actually I'm, like a crazy it, series of experiences. It's all, and we haven't even passed 20, 22 yet. Like, I'm only 22 years old and all this is happening. That's serious. Like, yeah. Like, yo, we got sponsored also. Like, I don't know how, how close to FUBU it got, but this cat was here in the city and he had something to do with FUBU. So, me, like, I got an... He hit me up at the car. We were at Fast and Furious 1 had just come out. So, to date, whatever that was. And we got the Impala. And Pops was like, yo, it's cool. Let's go to this thing. And this guy, I'm like, all right, cool. Bet. Like, da 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 da. So, he goes. And the guy's hollering. And he's like, yo, I did you know, FUBU. How would you like to come to some of these car shows with us? And do some show around. I'll give you clothes from FUBU. So, I'm like, wait, you'll give me free clothes? And I just had to go to car shows? Say less. Yo, when I tell you for six months to a... Yeah, I would say six months. Not, okay, I wouldn't say six months. Like, No, nah, okay, maybe six months. We'll go with six. It wasn't quite a year, so, yeah, so we'll say six months just for argument's sake. Anyway. Significant six, chunk of time. Right, like, yeah, it was a minute. Yo, I, I didn't wash a t-shirt. Bro, that's hard. <laughs> I can only say I <laughs> did that with socks one time. <laughs> There was FUBU t-shirts, bro. My whole family, whole family had this FUBU shit. Like, baby blue shirts, orange shirts, yellow shirts, like, hats to match, like, straight across the board. We're like, do laundry? For what? Just donate it. Give it to whoever. Like, we getting this shit from him, and all we gotta do is go around, like, Montreal and, like, the surrounding areas and do car shows? That's We're going to the shows anyway, wild. so why not? So I had that whole... That's the same car that was sponsored by Kenwood that got to do that. So, like, yeah, I ran around doing, like, the Fast and the Furious circuit with that. Like, it was cool. What's the Fast and the Furious circuit? Well, no, just, like, they had a bunch of... Like, back in that day, I call it Fast and the Furious circuit. Okay, right, right. It's right. where, like, everybody had a car show and import this or that. Like, everybody had something going What's on. the point of a car show? Honestly... Yeah, it's a dick measuring contest. Like, is that okay? Because, like, for me coming into it, like, look, I drove a car for like the first time in ten years when I rented this rental this weekend, and I was like, oh, I get it a little bit more now. I kind of like, you know, I felt the car again, and it reminded me that cars are dope. But like, I never really got into the culture like that. Like, I don't have like a favorite whip or anything. I, you know, oh, I'm currently I like. Gas efficiency is probably my priority more than if it looks cool. Um, <clears throat> well, but, yeah, like... It, it costs a punch in the throat to fill up a gas Yo, to be like, fair, oh, I, that was that was what happened to me in Sejip, though. Because uh, I know sometimes some people might not think I have my license. But I got my license when I'm 18. I got my first car then. Uh, my dad broke that car. So immediately after, as a divorce present... I received the uh, 98 Lincoln Town Car, a forest green 98 Lincoln Town Car at 19 years old. 
I can tell you one thing, bro. The gas at that time had it was when the gas first hit a dollar twenty-five. Remember, like the first time that happened, yeah. and I had a V eight. Bro, it cost me seven dollars to drive from my place uh, on Hyman and Sunnybrook to fucking Abbott and back. Yo, seven, shout out to the Brook. <laughs> seven dollars just to do that trip in that car. But I can tell you one thing. I didn't. It didn't matter what I looked like when I owned that car. It didn't matter what I looked like when I owned that car. It was enough. That shit was so wide, bro. You could lie down, head to toe in the back of this. I could. I'm short, but I could like. It was lit. It was amazing. But I was broke. I had no money. Then it broke one day, and like the next month, I was like, bro, I got like bread. And that was a big lesson is I don't think I can afford a fly car. <laughs> Shit, I, I've, owned, I've owned a stake in Lincoln. It was my daughter's favorite car. I owned a, I'll call it an ice blue with wine red interior. Lincoln Continental Executive Series. Thing was possessed, like, but whatever. It was cool as fuck. The doors were just unlocked by themselves. Like, you're driving on the highway. Like, it was totally... One of those early all-electronic cars from America that were like, you know it didn't work right. Like, we all know that, like, the doors are just unlocking. Like, I'm lucky that it doesn't open. But, yeah, like, you know, my daughter loved that car. The Lincoln, whew, as much as I hated the car because, like, there was always something wrong with it. Mm, the vibe there was of, always something wrong with that Lincoln. There was a short the in the wire, bro. Sitting in, the like, that lazy way of a seat. Couldn't tell me shit. Absolutely. I know when no, I got then, the car, I could go over speed bumps and I couldn't feel them. And then I did that for a while and that stopped happening. <laughs> so I used to have a, to get a speed bump, I used to have a 1978 Impala two-door. That was like a light bluish color, whatever. Thing was sick. It was long, bro. The exhaust had fallen off. So it sounded like a fucking NASCAR driving around, driving on the street, bro. I thought I was the coolest thing since shoestring. Looking back now, like, I'd be like, you're a moron. But whatever, I thought it was cool as shit, bro. Like, <laughs> Earnhardt in this bitch, like, I'm Dukes of Hazard in this shit, bro. Like, I don't care. I'm young, I'm stupid, like, whatever. So going to Agrion Mall, coming along, I forget the name of the street, but coming along the street, there used to be this hump on the road. That the road just went all by itself. Well, we'd feel it on the bus, and when you took the bus over, you're sitting in the back, your ass would literally come off the seat, right? Like, when you went over this thing, it was Happened every time you passed it. So I'm driving with my brother, and we come up on it, right? And I'm like, yep, we want to. My brother, for whatever reasons, like, hits the, like, as if, like, the rebel flags on the roof, the car's orange, I got the old one, like, we're, like, Lou and Bo Duke getting ready to, you know what I mean? Poof, I hit that. All I see is the guy across from us driving, looks at me and he's pointing and he's like bam car hits I keep running driving look at my brother yo that guy just told us we caught air car That's never broke car never broke stayed running he's like yeah we did we never did that again but it was that one time it was like a oh shit like we actually oh you know one of those things like I've always wanted to try that like you drive past behind a tow truck that's got the flatbed up you always yeah, make the always. joke, like, wonder how far we oh. went. Right, like, how far would we get? Or how, drive one of those, park, I call them rolling parking lots, where they have, like, the cars, all of them are driving down the highway. 
Imagine yeah. dropping it down and driving up on there. Like one of those things, right? Well, seeing that bump was like, yeah, okay. That's that shit you're doing Grand Theft Auto to get like the extra points. Right? Maybe not to that extent, but yes, exactly. Like, I'm definitely catching the extra points in the vibe. So, and then the last thing that I'm most proud of building. So we did the the big truck. We did the Impala. I used to have a 19, my very first Harley Davidson. Right. Kind of a flex. It was a 1950 Panhead. For those of you who don't know, that's old as hell. But I acquired it. It was cool. They never quite worked for me, but I didn't care. I got to tell people I own a 1950 Panhead. In the motorcycle community, that's the equivalent Honestly, to going in like the just regular owning 1950 anything is pretty cool. <laughs> right? Like we've had some old stuff. Like that's not the oldest thing we've ever owned. We owned a 1936 Pontiac. That's hard. And I want to say it was a 1932 or 1930-something Plymouth or something like that. I'd have to do some research back and forth, but I believe that. Like, it's on my Instagram for those of you who that, do shit. That's like some, oh. like, cars been around a decade kind of cars. Yeah. Maybe I mean, technically, with the 1926 cars, like, almost, almost a century, like, almost 100 years. Right. <laughs> right? Like... The 36, I mean, that's, it's, it's getting there. 13 years, like, that's almost... Like, yeah, it's some pretty old shit. Old stuff's always cool. Like, it's always built right. But then I got into, like, the imports. But no, getting back to the 1950 Panhead. What we've come across, it's got, like, suspension on the back of it and stuff. Like, it's basically bastardized, right? Like, it's just been chopped up so many years that it's become, like, this other thing. Well, we come across this 1950 original frame. Come across it, it just falls kind of into our lap. Like, yo, for real? My pops was always like, he wasn't computer savvy, but he'd get up in the morning and have like a coffee and get on like a GG where he'd wake me up from like a bender or, or working at night or whatever. And he'd wake me up like, yo, come come put me on a GG. I come out the computer like, <laughs> like, all right, whatever. Like, yo, let me sleep, bro. I went to sleep like two hours ago. No, no, I checked this. I seen this last night. All right, I'm looking. So by this time, like, I see it. Like, yo, that's. That's cool. I'm, I'm hooked at this point, right? He knows the hook. Like, oh, yo, that's kind of cool. Yo, we should jump on that before anybody else gets that. And they got the cool shit. We want the cool shit, and it's a good price. Take off driving to, like, Meskush to pick up this thing that was in the back of this guy's barn to bring it back. So bring that back. It's a 50. Motor's a 50. Transmission's a 50. We now have a complete 1950 hardtail panhead, Harley-Davidson. Or a Springer front end on it. We painted up this copper color, painted everything's cool. Da, da da da. The bike looks choice. We are super happy that we finally built something that was like this. That's dope. To us, like everybody, like we park it out front of the house, people would stop, take pictures of it. Right. But it was crazy. It was a traffic stopper. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't comfortable to ride over, but it was one of those things <laughs> you see it on TV. Like, it was like a TV motorcycle. Like, yo, I seen somebody build something like that on television. Like, da 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 da. Right? It was it was one of those type flexes. Right. You probably pissed blood when you rode it for fifty miles, but whatever. It was cool. 
So we get that. We finished it. Everything's dope. Somebody sees it. They offer us a piece of change for it. It's can't say no to that. But we want like that lowrider pickup truck that you got too. Okay, piece of change. Lowrider pickup truck. Sitting on the airbags of Ford Rangers. I want that with some money. Pops out the bread. We got the truck. Everything was cool. So it went from having a cool-ass motorcycle to a cool-ass truck and bread. That's a crazy that world, weird. though. Because, like, there's got to be, like, a lesson in all of that, right? In terms of how to approach the entrepreneurial endeavors a lot of us do. So often, I think people get caught up on just bread. But y'all seem to be willing to be like, what can I provide a value to what I want that you have? And with that approach, got a lot of wildly interesting things going on. Because, I mean, adding Dude, the vision of being able to flip the shit and all that. With different but, people, like, I've interacted with some of the strangest characters. Like, hands are like, what are we doing here? I've gone to buy motorcycles or gone to look at motorcycles in places that... Why are we here? Let, let me tell you. I can sit here and say honestly that there is gems. And when I mean gems, I mean stone cold gems in your neighbor's basement and some shit that you don't even know is there. I've been to some of these places, some random places to look at some stuff. That, oh, yeah, I got this. We went to this one guy's place in LaSalle. Yeah, okay, cool. The cars are in the basement in the garage. Alright, so we go down to look. Bro. This man lives in a fourplex. All four garages underneath are his. Wild. All his. When I tell you that the walls into the basement, like into the basement of the apartment, have been removed so that cars can fit in there. Like, the amount of gems, bro. I'm talking like he's got old school pickup trucks, old school cars. And I'm not talking like 60s. I'm talking like 50s. Like crazy stuff. And it's just this old dude. He's like, yeah, I accumulated over the years. I don't know what to do with them, so I just have them. I'm like, yo, can you put me in your will, bro? Like, I'll come by and hang out with you, like... Well, I don't even want everything. Just, just leave me one, bro. Like, you know, I'll take care of it. I'll do something sick with it. Like, it'll be cool. Like, the legacy will move on. <laughs> You're funny. Nah, I don't know. No. You were like, you I were don't dead serious. How many times. <laughs> I'm dead ass, bro. Like, yo, sign them. Do you need another set pop? I love you, but I'm trying to get adopted so like we can get this thing. Like, you know? I like, hear what crazy. you're saying. But I, it's like it's wild as you're describing it because, like, honestly, I had no idea where this conversation was going to go because, you know, half the time you never know. But in this case, I knew you weren't a rapper or anything, so it was going to be a very different path. But, like, I never realized how big of, um, like, a car community there really is out there. And, like, it's basically a whole scene that is the same thing as the music scene, but just for, like, car art. And if nothing else, I feel like that's a huge knowledge nugget. Because I got, like, 
like my I think my uncle, ex uncle, I don't know what happens when they get divorced. But like, you know, uh he used to be like huge into the car world. Like I know a lot of people that like have been involved in it, but I never realized how extensive it was to the point of like I guess industry. You know, I mean you know it's there, but like you don't realize it's I guess unless you're in it, you don't really you're not cognizant of how big it is or how many how much of how big of a scene it is like a, like a social event like a networking thing like beyond just creating cars and shit like i don't know maybe that's just me sometimes i have everybody these moments everybody bro no you're right you're 100 right what you're saying I mean, i'm sure the people in this scene be like bros wilded fine but like it just be like that sometimes <laughs> no honestly they'll be like yo he's just he's talking about us like yes speak more on it like absolutely Dude, like and at one point, like it was not even like it was literally like the Fast and the Furious, where like he had the cool kids, and the ghetto kids, and like it was just it's like you know, like anything, right? Like you always have that that clicking or whatever. But I always managed to stay true, and like yo, know, we'd battle anybody, like didn't matter. Like you know, people used to get my pops to do like burnouts for them. Like yo, I'm gonna enter the burnout competition, but can you take my car and do the burnout for me? I'm like, sure, burn the tires right off the guy's car, drive the car back to him, like, there you go. It's like, yeah, I won second place trophy and like 50 bucks. Cool, but those tires are going to cost you like $600 to replace. Like, I don't know. Like, okay, but it was just what we did, bro. Like, car shows every weekend. Bro, that's how people be, though. People be spending $600 to win 50. <laughs> like, we were at car shows every weekend, no matter what. Like, we were at the track, we were something. There was always something going on. But to not just think about that, you've heard all of this part here, right? Like, everything that, like, I, the, the whole car thing, the motorcycle thing, like, all that. I podcast now. And I you haven't do. even touched on, like, Bouncer Life. No, we, we've been running through it. Like, just the story of you. You were, you were questioning me how it could even possibly take a long time to get through the story of you. This is how it takes a long time. The conversation it's, flows. It gets interesting and wavy in its own direction. And, it's uh, freaking me out. Like, holy shit, you're absolutely right. Like, like, I'm sorry, but I don't get too often... So for me, it's like I get to just ask all the dumbass questions you would normally be afraid to ask at that event. Like, I'm not going to walk to the car event and ask ignorant man questions. That's corny. But on an interview, I can just be like, bro, it's the character. That's my character. You know, it's what we do here. And you get to ask all the shit that people kind of low-key want to ask. You know, like, wait, where is the car shit at? Is that real? And, like, I know I'm being a little exaggerating with it, but, like, <clears throat> it's no, really... Like, but that's how what I that's what I enjoy is learning about other people's passions because it inspires my passions to see other people's passions. Like, it, it's just crazy because, like, people that know me know know this shit. Like, I live that. Like, that's, that's Joey Chops. Like, like, Joey Chopper. Like, that's where it came from, right? You know, you know what I mean? Like, that whole... I wasn't like a dope boy in the street or anything like that. Like chop, no, I motorcycles like chopping shit. Anything I got, I chop. Like I wanted to be, I had this job like made up in my head as a youth that like I don't know where this job was gonna come from, but I wanted this job. I was gonna make it if it wasn't a thing. Like I, this was a customization consultant. Yeah, you could do that today, right now, if you want to have that conversation offline. 
Yo, don't even trip. I'm dead ass. I'm not. I'm, I'm dead ass. That's like, a, bro, with social media, oh, my God. With the way AI is going and shit, you have no idea what's out there. This is possible. This is an offline conversation. That's a good idea. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so, yeah, so, like, that's just, I've always had to interact with, like, different people and, like, I won't say weird people, but characters, like, be, how do I put this? Okay, being a person of color, like a black dude, like, I'm mixed biracial, whatever, but the world sees me as a black dude, like, I'm a black guy, and I identify as a black man, being at these motorcycle shows and shit, bro, and being like the only one mm. so I had to really I won't say carry myself differently but there was a certain level of respect that was demanded okay because like, you know how that world can be right like maybe okay those that don't like it's a predominantly white world you know what I mean like yes that. and well, I mean... where we're at like where we're located I'm not saying worldwide, like Brothers Ride and stuff like that, but where we're located, it's a predominantly white, white, white super world white world. And yeah, nobody really, <laughs> like, I don't know how to say some of this shit without coming off like a white dude, but so I apologize if I offend anyone with it, but like, dead ass, you think biker folks and motorcycles, you're picturing a bunch of white folk up in like the Hells Angels or shit around here. I don't even know that many people that have motorcycles in life, let alone, like, so just in general, it's already this, like, tiny community. And then, like, yeah, just, it's not my first thought. I've met people from plenty of clubs, big clubs, right? Like, I've met people, and some of the nicest people. Like, I used to go to these bike shows and stuff, right? Like, well, this is case in point. I go to this bike show, the bike and tattoo show you spin love out. Right. I just go to them. And, like, the, the Hells Angels would be there. A bunch of motors would be there. Tattoo artists would be there. Like, it was literally everything that I enjoyed about, like, a scene, it was there. The camaraderie of the brotherhood of, like, the Hells Angels and them just dealing with them and their whole shit of where they are was cool with me. Like, I didn't, I knew if you were respectful, you'd get respect back. Like, it wasn't, you'd be an asshole, you're only going to get asshole this back. Like, it's, they're there, like, selling merch and whatnot. You know what I mean? So, like, I know that. I go up and look at the t-shirt. I'm like, okay, cool. Da, 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 thank you very much. I move on. I'm not getting in any kind of trouble. Like, no matter what you show on the movies or the TV or whatever. Like, you're right. selling merch. Like, you're not the guy. Like, you are a lower-run person out here selling t-shirts because your big brother told you to. You know what I mean? Like, like that. So, I ain't worried. But I'd look around. Like, I'd nudge my dad. I'm like, you know, I'm the only black dude here. He goes, why do you always bring that up? I'm like, it's cool with us, but, excuse me, like, I'm sorry that I noticed that, like, I turn around and look, and I'm like, the one chocolate chip in the vanilla ice cream grill, you know what I mean, like, not even chocolate, like, caramel, I mean, like, I but can't I always say that, I treated with respect, I always got treated with respect, like, I never, because of the way I carried myself, and, like, how I put respect on Joey Chops, like, on my name, like, and the stuff, the cool shit that me and my pops would build and whatnot, I got automatically accepted into the world but yeah, like, i mean it's an interesting point that you're you're like making because like 
I talked to a tattoo artist once, and he was just kind of describing a similar experience being a tattoo artist, especially because apparently tattooing black people is mad different than tattooing white people in terms of how, like, the ink works and shit. I don't really know that much about it. But when the world is super catered to, like, the white audience, what will often happen is nobody invests in maybe looking at, like, the ink for black skin and how to improve that with the same efficacy as the white folks. So I can imagine how, just culturally speaking, it's going to be some real white shit and maybe some hip-hop shit might get shunned for a hot minute and things like that will happen. Maybe not exclusively, but, you know, like, that's usually kind of what happens in them environments is... Certain. Oh, bro, I don't know how much ACDC and fucking Led Zeppelin and God knows what, Black Sabbath, like, you all, like, super, super what you would feel that, like, the music around them I've, I've had to listen to. Like, and I'm like, yo, I just, just play some DMX, bro. I promise all of you are hyped about this. You play some Rough Riders, it'll be fine, bro. You'll be just as slick. Like, it's talking about the same shit about motorcycles and whatnot. So like, yeah. So there's been parties that I've been at and parties that I've thrown. I'm like, yo, the party's great. Like people are out, everybody's enjoying themselves. It's a great time. I just want to hear some hip hop. Yeah, I could see that being frustrating. I would not. And I'm like, it's not a thing. It's not a. This isn't a thing. So like musically wise, like being at these parties and these events and stuff. Like yeah, no, it was no hip hop. Like. None of that. I'm not saying that, trying to equate that black equals hip-hop, but, like, it's just an example I could think of in that moment. Never mind being black. Right. Just being an urban kid. Like, there's different. Like, there's, okay, there's writers that like to go into the country and take off, and then there's other writers that just like to mob the city. Right. I like doing both, bro, but I really love just mobbing the city. Going into downtown, like, like, just people looking like, oh, shit, like, Pulling up to a red light, people chatting with you and talking. Like, I love that whole vibe of riding. Like, it's like cruising. Like, I remember going cruising with cars where we cruise. Hey, making me want to, like, ride a motorcycle. <laughs> a lot of people tell me that after speaking to people. A lot of people tell me that. Like, yo, you. I only okay. ever got to ride one of them. Can you know those Dude, little. Like, they're Yam- all in my life. Like, if you look at The here, little Yamaha ones that, like, they have in Pakistan and shit. Like, they're not, like, as big as the ones here. They're just kind of, like, a smaller version. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. That's the only thing I ever rode. It's still two wheels, bro. I don't care if you rode a scooter. Bro, I got I, I drove it, like, up the street for two seconds. And I was like, Whoo! And I was afraid. It was a scary experience, but it was exhilarating. <laughs> I could tell you a time of me riding where I'm riding a. 1981 Goldwing, bro. This thing is like a Honda Civic of motorcycles. It's like, it's got the big thing on the front, the bags, the it's got everything. Like, I call them like the the couches or like the minivans of motorcycles. Like, you can carry everything. You can go do grocery shopping on this motorcycle and bring everything home. It's one of those things where you travel across country or whatever. Like, you take everything with you. So I'm driving this. I'm going down to 20. Past Beaconsfield, I'm going underneath the tunnel, like the tunnel, the bridge, and the right. semi truck goes by me. Well, when I tell you the wind from underneath the trailer being in the, because it kind of goes through the, right, under the, the underpass, right? What it went, who came out and started pushing me towards the underneath of the truck? We got back, straightened up. This was the first time I'd ever been on a motorcycle on the highway. 
I've ripped around town or whatever, but this was the first time I'm getting on the highway and I'm going to go ride. Like, Pop's like, yo, we're going to ride with the boys. Like, bring your ass, let's go. Like, I don't, I don't know. I might be incriminating. I can't say that, so I won't. Um, <laughs> not too bad. <laughs> I was like, ah, no, I can't say that. <laughs> but yeah, so I instantly, I pull over. I'm like, turn the bike off, put a kickstand down. Like, oh, I in my head, I'm, I'm done. I'm over. Like, bloop, bloop. So just to be oh, clear, the, the the suction of the thing nearly killed you with the truck. Facts. Yes. Like That's I what I'm understanding under- from that. <laughs> exactly. I almost went underneath the truck. Exactly. Like the between the the back wheels and like that whole section where you think like oh, I can drive under there like no no make sure you can't like, scare the shit he pulled me in real close then it released and came back I was like okay cool and pull over turn the bike up kick sand down pops up behind me goes huh but that was interesting because he's seen the entire experience happening because I was riding in front of him so he's seen all of it <laughs> oh <laughs> watch that shit that in front of your dad. <laughs> Flurry goes, so that was interesting. Like, yeah, I'm like, just give me a minute. I don't know if I'm if I'm going to throw up or if I'm going to ship myself. I'm not sure what's going to happen here, bro, but that was a hell of an experience. He goes, okay, well, get it together because we got shit to do. Like, we got people we got to go meet. So, and the bike's not going to, what's it going to sit here? I'm like, well, no, it's not going to sit here. He goes, well, then you have to fire it up and let's go. Oh, like we're not supposed to, we don't live on the side of the highway now. Like this is not our home. We're not just this is where we're staying. Like I don't, I don't to say. Like I live here now. Like somebody will blow over like a cardboard box, and this is just where I rest. That's how it be sometimes. Go. That's how you end up in the the tent city under the fucking twenty. <laughs> <laughs> right, because I was like, nah, I don't want to ride my motorcycle no more. Fired a bike up. <coughs> he took off in front of me. I took off behind him, and like eighty miles an hour, gone. Fear over, scared, done, like everything's blessed. So yeah, so that was a close call. So no, like like you said, you ah, like almost. I had the same experience, but I just kept going. I mean, I didn't almost die. I just went up the street and <laughs> it was just like regular. It was just me being like, "Wow, I'm on a motorcycle for the first time. This is scary. I'm in charge." I mean, it's. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of the same thing, right? Like, I mean, I see it. If you squint real, real low and kind of look back into the corner, you kind of see how it's the same. <laughs> nah, I mean, but like, I mean, you know, it's the first time. I'm sure people have their 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 moments. The first time they, it's, I'm not saying like, yo, like, I was peer pressured in Pakistan to ride a motorbike. It's what it was. That's a flex right there. Nah, I guess so. Yeah, that was a fun time. That was the craziest month of my life. That was one of the craziest months of my life because it was like the way the dollar flips, all of a sudden you're worth five times more than what you're worth for a month. And it's Shit. like you're, you're buying food for Bro, McDonald's for six or seven people would be like 23 bucks. So, of course, you're paying that bill. Yo, don't get me started on McDonald's, bro. I went to McDonald's the other day. I, I bought three three burgers. Well, I bought two burgers and a combo. That shit was thirty dollars. Yeah, I know it's not nice these days. It's not. I, the, I looked at the girl that worked at the thing and I was and first she said twenty six. I was like, whatever, it's cool. It's here. Go to the next window. Nah, I forgot to charge you three dollars. So I'm like, wait. 
I just seen you back there and you're going to run up here and ask me for three beans? Like, who am I putting through college right now? Like, what? Am I getting, like, fandangled right now? Like, what's going on? Like, you just roll up, like, yo, am I donating it to somebody? Do you got a cousin in somewhere that I'm sending $3 a day? I don't, what, what's happening? Like, what, what scam are you pulling up? But whatever. So, yeah, so I don't want to get too much into that because, like, that's just aggravating. I mean, it's just McDonald's <laughs> life these days. Yo, the whole, the whole fast food industry, it's almost like McDonald's be at some luxury food pricing. Like, you go on the Uber Eats now. And like McDonald's figured out a way to be the same price as shit that you used to get. You used to like pay more money for some of this shit over McDonald's. And McDonald's would have been like the cheap choice. And now it's like McDonald's just is, is I can't. I mean, even in the store, it's like $13. We, we got the coupons the other day. And I was remembering two can dine for eight ninety nine. Now it's like two yeah. can dine for like fifteen ninety nine or some shit. I mean, maybe it's a little cheaper, but that's not the point. It used to be like, you know, affordable. <laughs> I was actually thinking, do you yeah, remember like yeah. when, when I was I young and you could get that like $10 extra large pizza and it would feed the family? And then that shit's gonzos. There's just yeah, no sure. $10 fat pizza like that. Now it's a $10 medium, which now you need two of them, you know? Anyway. Right? Now, they got rid of that and they're like, oh, yo, you get two for one now. That, that shit got replaced with a two for one. And even the price of the two for one, like, yo, what are you doing? But I mean, six dollars. And I'm not like mad at the restaurants for trying to stay alive in the economy. And like, I get it, I get it. I'm just mad that it happened. And I'm remembering the glory days of being able to have those hidden gems where it was mad cheap and you could have a delightful experience. Is this our moment of like, yo, I remember back in my day, a dime bag cost a dime? Like, is this our bit. moment for that? <laughs> like, yeah, I remember that... back in my day, food used to cost this much. <laughs> Bro, because, like, I mean, I can kick it back to, like, I remember where you could take a girl on a date for 10 bucks. Yo, that I, I don't know about 10 but I remember some $25, $30 all in. KFC for $2 Tuesday. Mm. We cop on a two-piece with a biscuit. And then we're going to go to the plaza. Or the palace, excuse me, and watch a movie for two dollars. So that's eight dollars right there. And you know we hit up the dollar store or whatever and cop some candy because like we weren't bringing. We Yo, those were the good days, bro. That was it, especially like in Cotonish. That Cotonish one where you had the dollar store or whatever, or the farmer pre right there. You would hit that shit, go upstairs, smuggle that shit in, and then those are some good yes. times. I don't know if you can right. smuggle food in like that. I don't know if that's a thing you can do now. I haven't been to a movie theater since COVID. Maybe once, but... I don't think I've been to a movie theater since COVID either. That's I just... was supposed to go see Black Panther, and I never did. I went to, like, the Homie JS's, like, premiere thing, but I don't think that really counts because he, like, rented it on some private event shit, and I'm like, wait, you can rent the movie theater? Because, like, of course, like, you know, you never really think about it. But, yeah, you could rent the movie well, yeah, theater. I imagine you could rent it for, like, a birthday party or something like that, right? Like, I imagine you could rent it. But, like, you could just rent it to throw your own event where, like, that's what it – because he released a documentary on some, like, uh, football shit he was up to where, like, you know, it's the story of this league and the legitimization. It's pretty pretty dope, actually. I really enjoyed it. I never cared about the, fo- the flag football shit he did or whatever before, and I didn't care about it much 
since but for like 50 minutes that man made me give a shit about some shit i didn't give a shit about and that's what you're supposed to do with a documentary but he rented that shit out sold them tickets like a venue and then showed his movie and like ran that shit and i can attest that that place had mad people there so i'm gonna call it successful and it was like you can do that like, you know like i never thought of it but aside of that well, i just not. thought of ideas now like rent a movie theater that's it Right, that's actually I don't know what I could do with the movie theater, but yeah, it's a movie theater is a cool venue. I don't know how much it costs. I, I mean, I'm sure you have to approach them like right. Like here's Shit, a package idea. at the movie theater. Yeah, that'd be hard. Actually, no, because like dead ass, like if they have the right PA system or whatever, which they do sometimes when they see them, people do like the premieres and they somehow pull out mics and shit, and then you set up a table with some chairs. You know, and like run a, a whole ass podcast out the movie theater. Right? Nah, it'd be hard. And then you could just like take a little webcam, route that into the big screen so that you could have like the big blowing up version. I don't know. I'm just producing this in my head now. I'm like, yo, because I want to do this live pod. I want to do this in front of people. I feel like in my heart and soul, I believe people would put a 10, 20 bucks into sitting there and watching something like this live, knowing Absolutely. they could interact a little bit, they could heckle, they could, like, I really believe that. I went to the right venue, because, yo, we did not get to his podcast yet, for those who watch, but I really, like I said at the very beginning, I'm a fan of it, but, like, I would just pull up and maybe not pay money every time, but I'll pull up and watch the podcast and really just enjoy the experience of being there. And, like, I sincerely believe venues should take into consideration that this kind of content and media would keep people there buying drinks and munching on that overpriced bar food. Not, no disrespect, some of that overpriced bar food is super delicious and again, inflation, but it is what it is. For you venues though, like, it's a, it's a vibe. It's like watching a comedy show, but like different. I'm not saying I'm funny. I'm saying it's that kind of an environment, not like a rap show. You're more thinking like the way you would get the comedy crowd. Anyway, just spitballing all that shit. Dude, honestly, I I think I'm funny. I think I'm a fucking comedian. Like you're hilarious. I enjoy this a lot. I'm, I don't really emote like that, but like my growing up. I used to get told like, yo, why aren't you like you should be a comedian? You should you're funny, right? right? Like, you should do that. And I was like, eh, I don't think I could come up on stage and like legit put together a bit like a whole like a whole I don't know what you would call that, like set rather. I couldn't do that. Like there's there's no way. I tried that with the podcast, bro, of like, okay, cool, I gotta write shit down to remember stuff to okay, this I tried that and if you go back, I don't remember what episode it was. It was in the beginning. I, I did that. I was, uh, uh, I was all trying to read what was going on. Like, I was like, no. I told Skinny in the after show. I was like, I ain't never doing that again. <laughs> Ever. I'll come on. Off the cuff, he goes, good. Like, that's that's what I want you to do. Like, come off the... Just be you. Like, don't, don't try and write shit down. I'm like, yeah, that ain't for me. Facts. Like, and I think that's why I never rapped. Cause like the writing that shit down, like I'd hear it in my head, it'd be all fired. I put it put it in the paper. I'm like, what is no? Why Yo, that you happens be a lot though. For wasting paper and the ink to put on that paper, like you should literally be punished for that. Is how mm. I would feel. As I a writer though, 
as a writer though i have to encourage doing that because the truth is is you do that a good job yo if you saw my high school raps bro yo they some corny shits man i used to like really inspired by my chemical romance and shit when i'm rapping in case you can imagine okay. it's going in directions that is super it, you could say you could say it was very ahead of its time with the direction of where the emo side of hip-hop went because i was literally right? rapping was about killing myself and shit all of that uh, heartbreak but it was all like is it good nah i'm i don't i don't know if i have any of it maybe but like nah it was trash it was all corny but because i wrote all of that bad stuff now to this even then man i listened to shit i did six years ago five years ago and i'm like that's garbage you know how artists be it's always like that but always forward never backwards brother right but it's through that process of writing complete trash over and over again probably like the same thing with your first custom works you know it took a minute to get swagger with it and learn how to do everything with like exactly how you want to get to it and shit so it's just practice for sure but I understand Absolutely. where you're coming from. Because when I draw, bro, I'm like, why did I even waste this paper? <laughs> now, you see, I'm, okay, I, I, how do I put that? I could draw, like, I, like because of the graffiti or whatever, like, I could draw. Every once in a while, like, I'll do it. But, like, I'm a tracer. Right. So, like, I like to trace other art and then putting my own stake onto that. So, like, once again, like, customizing what they did to put my own shit on it. Like the fundamentals of drawing, like a cool face or something like that. Yeah, I don't possess that. Would you give me that? Then I could put the rest of the shit around it, and it's fire. But I mean, that's like being in the car world. Like, yeah, okay, cool. I can customize stuff, but I have a motor guy. Like, when the motor's broken or the motor has an issue, I have a guy that I deal with. Like, cool, you're my motor guy. Like, I can't do everything, and I learned that. And when it first started out in like the, the custom world and shit, I, you know, I tried to do everything. And the amount of shit that goes into that is like, you can't do everything. Nah. And that was a misconception from the shit you see on TV, right? It's like, okay, cool. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, now it's built. Okay, cool. You did that in 60 minutes. You didn't show the transmission, go to the transmission guy, and the motor go to this and come. Like, you didn't show all that shit, but I learned that the hard way. Mm. Like, we actually got into it, like, getting to that just before, like, another piece of, like, building cool shit. We built mini choppers. Like, little tiny mini choppers with, like, Briggs and Stratton 5.5 horsepower motors on them. I don't like a snowblower. Right. In, like, the basement of my house on Notre Dame. In Lachine. <coughs> yeah, uh, so my uncle came up from Alabama, and he was going through some shit. Like, I won't get into his business, but, like, I don't really fuck with him anyway, but... I'll fuck, I'll fuck with him, so I don't really care. Yo, he was... He was strung out on, like, meth, bro. Like, I... Fuck it. Like, fuck him. I don't... We ain't Fair cool. enough. Don't it's your shit. business. <laughs> right? Me so, I don't encourage nobody to talk about that shit. <laughs> like, for whatever. So he... He's all strung out. So he comes up here to, like, get clean and sober or whatever with his big brother. So... And everything's going cool. And we... Like, that by that time, like, the Jesse James of the world who come motorcycles and stuff has come out. And, like, my uncle does interiors for cars. My dad was a paint and body man like they both do motor stuff like my gearheads run in my family like at least my my grandmother put this way, my grandmother produced gearheads like right bro, nanny was on that bro like for some reason she produced gearheads guys that like cars and motorcycles and shit so 
he comes up here. So he's like, yeah, okay, cool. We'll get some steel. We'll get this, da, 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 da. And we're like, all right, bet. So we go get actual just raw steel, bro. Just the pipe. Get a pipe bender. We're bending it, welding it together. Like, I don't know how, how we didn't burn the fucking building down, bro. And it's like, dying a massive fire of, like, stupidity. Grinding on metal in a dusty-ass basement. Like, man. Sparks going over. Run right to the neighbor's place. We don't know what the neighbor has down there. They could have like chemicals and shit. No idea, but we know that we're going to build this motorcycle and we're going to ride this bitch because between the three of us, let me phrase their skill level and my sheer determination of like, yo, yo I want to be part of this. Like, I want this. Like, my enthusiasm of it was driving them to be like, yes, like, we got to do this because like we know we can. And the kid's like, okay, like, I'm a grown ass man at this point. Like, yo, just bugging out like, yo, we're actually going to do this. So, end up, okay, cool. Mom's just like, yo, you got to stop doing that. So, we moved to a little, that shit river place. And we built the first mini choppers. We finished them out of that place. Get them all together. My pops and my, my brother, they jump on them. They're going to ride them home to show moms what we finished. They're going on the bike path. I pull up in a car. We don't know. I mean, we built these things from scratch. Like, when I say from straight, I mean straight, a straight piece of, like, half-inch steel, like, bar. Right. Like, a tube. Like, we built it, excuse me, from scratch. It wasn't nothing but pipes off the back of a truck when we first got it. And they picked up, like, little Honda 70 wheels and, like, front ends off something else. And we full-on built these little motorcycles from scratch. So they come up the street, and we don't know if they're going to stop we, like, we tested them in, like, the, the hallway of the building, but, like, you, you what? You get like, you know, a it's, it's real life testing. It's different. <laughs> right? Like, it's not the same, you know? So we were on... Put it y'all, are not, y'all are the crash test dummies. We are on 18th Avenue in Lachine and, and got a ride to 32nd Avenue by the water. Okay? Oh, on the bike so pass there. Like, bike pass right there. Okay, no, I know that shit. Middle? Right, goes right down the middle. Right, it's right there. You end up going back past like where the Tim Hortons and stuff is now. It was all open and like that wasn't there. You go through there, so they come, boom, I'm flying home. These things, when I tell you, these things would run like sixty kilometers an hour, bro. It had a centrifugal clutch on it, so as fast as that bitch would move, as as fast as that back tire would just, as long as you were going straight and held the throttle open, that thing would just keep turning that. Like, going, right? So, they're, meow, meow, they're flying on a bike path. Like, holy shit. Like, I don't think they had helmets on. They may have. Like, I can't say that right. it was a long time ago, but they may not have had helmets on. So, I see them come flying through the bike path. Like, there's a daycare there. They come meow, behind the daycare. It's a Sunday, so the daycare was closed. Relax, people. Uh, <laughs> flying behind that, and then I see woo, woo, a cop car ripping behind them on the, the bike path. I'm like, holy shit. I just left y'all three, no, 90 seconds ago. I just left you 90 seconds. There was no police doing some like high speed chase behind. Where where did you pick up the boys? Like, where, where did the boys come from? <laughs> they stopped them across the street. Cops like, you're actually riding real motorcycles on a bike. Blah, 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 blah. My, my dad's like, no, it's a lawnmower engine. It's got a pole start. Like, 
I built this. But it's not a real anything. It's a snowblower engine with a couple of tires that I just happened to build and bring home. I got to build shit. No, no, you bought that motorcycle. But he's like, no. Where's the registration? What registration? I built it with my sons and put it together ourselves. There's no registration. Are you There's allowed? No nothing. Like, like, I, just on some curiosity shit, like, are you allowed to no. do this? <laughs> you can build it, but you can't ride it on the road. He's like, well, you're on the road. He goes, no, I'm on the bike path. That's the same thing. No, it's the bicycle path. But you're not allowed to have gas powered stuff on a bike path. Okay, that you can catch me for. I'm allowed to have gas. Okay, so that's what you can get me. That's the only thing you can get me for because like, I'm not on the road. So I don't need a physical license and insurance to be here. But the fact that it's gas powered is the only reason. Okay, cool. I can take that ticket. Hold on. Well, no. So you can ride the bike path, but you can't ride the road to get on the bike path. <laughs> right? So. Exactly. Yeah, well, you pick it up across the street to go, like, whatever it took. Exactly. But gas powered, you can't do it. Okay. So. So hold on. All it, those guys on those scooters are on electric scooters then, because if it was a yes. gas powered scooter, it would not be exactly. okay. But they can still rip up the fucking thing at dangerous speeds on the bike path. That's okay, fair. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's completely how that works. If it's electric, it's fine. He's like, well, I'm going to give you each $1,200 tickets. But I was like, for what? Because that's what you're getting. Give me your driver's license. Blah, blah, blah. Give me your driver's license. Okay. The tickets will be in the mail. Pops it. All right. Well, shit, I can do about it now. Like, you know, gave me the tickets. So now I'm going to ride it home and I'm going to ride it back to the shop because I done paid for that time. Right. Don't let me see you riding it back. He's like, well, then what are we paying $1,200 for? Not to be able to bring it back? Like, I, what else are you doing? Just, just leave it sitting outside? Like, what do you want me to do with it? So we ended up putting it in the back of the Aerostar van and brought it back. <laughs> but pulls up in front of the house. My mom's like, you know, she thought it was cool. She thought it was kind of crazy. But he painted it purple. We had like a chrome gas tank on it. It was super cool shit. People love those things. But yeah, like we built that from scratch. Like my uncle came up here from... That's so wild. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know so, how I got onto that, but like it was just no. Nah, but that's that's how it works. Sometimes you just be pulling out memories and shit. Because here's how I look at my show. A lot of people might ask you a lot of the same questions a hundred thousand times. So I'm just gonna ask you whatever comes into my head. And if we end up talking about how you and your dad made mini choppers and then got fat tickets and then learning about <laughs> local bike path laws, like. The tickets never came. Wild. That's hard. The tickets never came. Yeah, I know I contested like 10 parking tickets and I never got the court cases or nothing. And I, ne and I know I've been, you know, like I got caught peeing one time. So they ran my shit. And you know that at that moment, I was like, this is the litmus test. Nothing happened. I'm good. So I just didn't pay any of the parking tickets when I was like 20. And, uh, Nothing happened. Yo, in my 20s, I had a full-on budget for parking tickets. I just was, like, bad at it. I just didn't care. I didn't really check Yo, signs. for $42, I could park wherever I want. And that was my flex. That's fair. And I guess if I you were, like... I in front of whatever store, or go see one of my boys, whatever, y'all park right in front of your crib and walk inside. Well, you can't park there. For $42, I could park there. Yeah. I mean, I just... I don't know if I want to do that now, but I totally do oh, think hell that's a no. flex. Like, yo, sh dumbest shit I ever did, bro. Like, that, 
thinking about it like nowadays, like, yo, what are you dumb, bro? Like, park up the street for free and walk up. Like, what's wrong with you? Yo, like, it took me it 10 now, minutes like, to find a parking spot the other day. And I'm, this is the only time I've had to do that in forever. So I'm like watching time go and I'm going through the snow and shit. You're like, no, looking where, for a spot. I was leaving. And you're like, I looped this block already. And then the first spot, you saw that spot, like, that's a far walk away. And you're like, fuck that spot. And all of a sudden, it's a real sexy spot now. And you're like, hmm. Because you know that. Whatever street's further over is further over. I'm like, man. Nah, I totally can see how. And then there was, like, this spot right up by my crib, but it's by a fire hydrant. And I'm like, for $42, I, could, or I don't know what it costs now, but for $42, I could have parked it there. I think the fire hydrant might be a little bit more expensive. Yeah, no, I was, uh, I'm glad I noticed it. But you're like, <laughs> like I could, though, right? I could, I if you wanted to. I can park wherever I want. Ah, uh, fair, eh? That's more like a, you can just squeeze in. So how did you move into becoming a bouncer? Um, shit. Well, that goes, wow. Um, that goes back, I guess it was like 17. I'll say, well, you've just been being a bouncer the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, that's all been part of, like, the shit that's going on. When I first started out, I wasn't a bouncer. I did security for, like, a wrestling organization thing. Oh, that's cool as fuck. Uh, I was 18. I was 18. Which wrestling organization? Uh, I want to say it was WIS at the time. I know my homeboy is going to know what that is. <laughs> oh, dude, like, the people that I used to deal with, like, that I got the, my boy that I got the job from is Triple X Sexy Eddie. Okay, I know so who that like, is. I, okay, like, I know a girl. I know a girl who fucked him. <laughs> no, no, I fucked a girl who fucked him. That's what happened. That's what's up. <laughs> he was my neighbor. And him and my brother started talking. And we found out, like, he used to do, like, mascot shit. And then he held, like, a little wrestling camp type thing or whatever. Like, he was really into it. So, like, we would talk and he was cool. And the motherfucker always had, like, these cool-ass designs in his beard. Mm. And I was always, like, big him up. Like, yo, that's dope, bro. That's cool. Like, he was just this wild-ass looking, like, long hair, crazy beard. Dude, right? And I was like, I don't know what he does, but he's cool as fuck. Like, there's something about your energy that I fuck with. Like, I don't know what it is, but there's something about you I fuck with. So my brother and him started talking. So then we started talking, and he's like, well, yo, like, I wrestle. And, like, we're looking for some, we like to come work, like, security at the wrestling thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, what? And we used to do that at Wally's Pub. Mm. I don't know if anybody remembers that. I think it was on Domains Enough. I'm not sure. It was a long-ass time ago. And it was a, like a, they used to do an open bar and all-you-can-drink thing there back in the day. And it was like one of those grimy-ass spots, you know? Right. But he used to do wrestling in that spot. So I think That's this crazy. whole thing, like, yeah, okay, we want you to do security there. I'm like, all right, bless. So I started doing security with them at their shows. And then they're like, yo, my brother's like, yo, I really want to get on the show. Got to get on the show. Got to get on the show. And we used to practice, like, I'd walk into the dollar store, pick up, like, a frying pan from the dollar store, and whack him over the head with it just so he was practicing to be a wrestler. I'm not even kidding. That shit used to happen. I folded plenty of dollar store frying pans over my brother's head. Um, hit him with a garbage can, a chair, like, whatever. So he was did, practicing. Did you enjoy this? Was this, like, because, yo, like, most of us 
aren't being gifted the opportunity to slam shit over our brother's heads. Like, I have a little brother. I may have wanted to slam shit over his He's head. He's my older brother. Mm, he may have wanted to slam shit over my head. Probably does still. Fair enough. Uh, but, like, it just never manifests because none of us was trying to be wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he didn't want to be a wrestler. He literally wanted to be hit by a garbage can or a chair at one of the events. That's all he wanted. So... The time comes, like, all right, cool. So during this whole thing, we're going to crack you with the garbage can. And it was like, all right, bet. I'll take the garbage can and I'll drop. <coughs> I don't know that this is happening that night. I don't know this. I'm not privy to this, hey, you're getting rocked with a thing. Because they want the general reaction for the crowd of some of us picking him up like, hey, what the fuck, blah, 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 you know what I mean? Like, they want the general action. We all know the situation, but like, that's what they want. I was like, all right. So I have no clue. Is that, blah, blah, blah. My brother what? It's rocked with a garbage. He's standing with his back to the ring, looking at the crowd. Guy comes over to hit the guy in front of him with the garbage can, cracks my brother, turns to look, gets kicked in the nuts, so like, dropped on the garbage can type thing. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Yo, my brother's got rocked, bro. Like, I'm the little brother, but yeah. I'm the one that's going to go at you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, hey, uh-uh. Like, I'm the one that's allowed to hit him. Like, we're allowed to hit each other, but ain't nobody else touching either one of us. You know what I mean? So I go over, I'm like, yo, what what happened? Da, 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 da. And he looks at me. He's like, yo, shut up. It's part of the thing. I'm like, oh, oh, shit. So I start slapping him. Like, wake up, wake up, wake up. Some guy's sitting there with his beer. I grab his beer. Chuck it in his face. He comes to like, oh, but yo, are you okay? Like we did a whole part of the, the show or whatever. Like it was cool. That's hard. Yeah, and I watched. All like in, and these like, like the the. Party. I don't know if any of y'all out there have been to an indie wrestling show. I just need to emphasize, I've been to one, so it's not like I'm an expert, but it's not like what you picture watching shit on TV or YouTube. It's nothing like that at all. It's Bro, fucking I a crazy. Get hit with a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. I watched somebody get hit with that. Yo, the energy in a room like that is different. So being it's part different. of that show, as people say that that shit is, bro. You can't fugazi a baseball bat with barbed wire to the gut. I don't care who you are. Even, even if it's fugazi in the sense of the way that people are not getting punched in the face the way you might in other sports, pretty much half the shit they're doing. I would not want done to me. Like, you're not even slam if it's me to a table, bro. They used to do that with the thumbtacks. Slam. I'm like, yo, yo, bro. Even the regular shit, just being suplexed and shit. That's a motherfucker doing a, you know, like some of this shit's aerials and there's momentum and you're getting slammed on your back and shit. Like my I'm man's went you. to, my man's went to fucking wrestling training school in Montreal. Well, they had a school for a minute because yo, he's dead ass super into the culture he's the one who brought me out he brought chinese wrestlers into canada put together one show in toronto it was a crazy experience but like now nah, watching the underground bro you can tell it's like motherfuckers are slamming each other all of that like you have to learn how to take hits i was like bro how do i get in a wrestling show he's like can you take a hit can you can you actually get punched can you can you take a hit get up and still perform after i'm like I don't know. That's why you I go to like wrestling school. Face, so, no, I'm okay. Like, I, I don't know if I've been punched in the face since I'm a teenager. 
I mean, shit. So, yeah, so back to the mountain. So I did that. And then, like, I just started picking up, like, little things and little bar stuff here and there. Little work. Like, my dad played music, so, like, I would always kind of be around. And shit would pop off. I'd make sure, like, to, to not let it be a thing. And then it just started working in, like, different spots. Like, just started working at Reggie's over in Concordia. Mm. Like, I started working there. Started picking up some shit after hours. It started working at EB Club Lounge. Like, there was just things that... And perhaps he's all kinds of shit doing, but I, like, you watch the show, so, like, you know some of the shit that I've I've gone through, and, like, work yeah, is, being alive in a bouncer, bro, like, you, you see some shit. Every single weekend, this guy is able to just pull from what happened the previous weekend and give you at least a 15 minutes. Every weekend, without Yo, fail. He'll be like, it was a calm night at the bar. And then within two minutes of saying those words, you're hearing about some creep that's hitting on some chick that some shit. Or my favorite was this little shardy that started starting to pick a fight on some shit with some other guys and they didn't understand what was happening and she's all tough or whatever and it's like three in the morning and then she pulls out and everybody's confused and shit. Like there's always something. Oh, you mean the Colombians versus that one dude? I maybe I don't bro. I, there's a lot of the bar stories. I just remember one of them was a little girl, a young short girl, and she was like bullying some guy in the way. Oh, you my told spirit this. animal! Yo, that girl's great, bro. That girl's hilarious. I call her my spirit animal because I believe when she gets drunk, she thinks she's a 350 pound black dude, bro. I, I believe that. I believe that too, based on how you told the story. I mean, but that's Man, what that I'm saying. Great. <laughs> so like, like you hear stories like that. And, like, I don't want to spoil it all because the man's got, like, a crazy catalog of fucking stories. Honestly, I think you guys are at episode 70-something right now. Uh, we just shot 77 yesterday. Yo, that's crazy. I mean, I like, honestly, y'all should peep that shit. It's Chop Vision Podcast, I believe, is the channel. I'm going to make yeah. sure it's linked below, but for the Chop audio only stuff. But, yo, it is a truly entertaining thing. But, yeah, I, when I was hearing you say all these clubs and shit, like, I'm starting to kind of integrate into the nightlife as a rapper. And I can tell you something about rappers. We are very bad at people. Um, I'm going to speak for most of us, not the successful rappers. They know people. But most of us is, like, we rap two rappers. All of our parties are full of rappers and, like, super deep hip-hop heads. We don't really know fuck all about partying in, like, an entertaining capacity. But as a bouncer and shit, it makes me realize people like you have this different insight. Like, you will know how to curate a playlist as an example that'll be hits because you just done seen it all. Every kind of crowd, every environment and shit, and how to stimulate that i've heard you brag about your party game this man's apparently able to make the hottest parties in the world and shit and you should go to his birthday bash okay. if you get invited <laughs> i do okay <coughs> but like it okay. makes sense if you've been like just basically a prof professionally in the scene for like your I've whole adult life i was like 17. so like just because we've been at this believe it or not for almost two and a half hours i want to make sure we Holy do fuck. talk about dead ass it's 926 <laughs> i do want to make sure that we talk a bit about how you got into your podcasting and how that like pivot happened the pandemic you imagine for for years i was able to communicate with people 
through working the door, whatever, I'm able to get that energy out there and that kind of shit off, right? Like, I'm able to do that. Lock me in a house, bro. I'm a social person. Right. Right. Not saying I like people, but, like, the interaction and the energy sharing of that, like, I need that to thrive and keep going. Right. Like, that, I fuck with that, right? Like, that's what keeps me moving. Well, you lock me in a house, I can't do that. Nah, it's different. There's no doing that, right? So, uh, I forget what, it's been two years now? It's either, yeah, it's not 2020. Nah, y'all started in 2021. I remember because I had talked to, my first interview with Skitty okay, so we started, happened right, so before you guys started doing that because he was telling me about how he wanted to get into that. And to his credit, um, I'm pretty sure he's going to watch this or whatever, but to his credit, I heard a lot of people tell me about a lot of projects and shit that they want to do and like the off-camera portions of life. And man's like moved fast on that shit and it really just came to life and y'all like really took that and I heard somebody tell me in my other show that like if y'all can make it to episode 50, you have truly done something remarkable as like a team because so few people can make it to an episode 50 of anything and the amount of effort that it goes into and the fact that 70 something y'all are definitely like two years in. That's just an incredible accomplishment. And I know he told me he wanted to be like that producer guy to make that happen. And the fact that y'all did that is kudos to Skin Skinny, you know, Skin Deep, whatever. Shout I call out skin to the boy Skin, head. absolutely. So, yeah, you're right. So it was 2021. And I'd been sitting there, I was like, yo, and I was watching like a lot of uh, Joey Diaz and stuff like that. Like, no. When I first started this stuff, like, I'm not even kidding. I was all like, hey, yo, cocksuckers. And I was like, wait, I'm not Joey Diaz, bro. Like, I need to to harness my stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, right. not, I'm not that. But the way that he's able to tell a story, he's I'm compelling. Like, yo, I know I can do that. Like, that's me. Like, I got that skill, right? So I hit Skinny out. I'm like, yo, let's run a podcast, bro. At first, like, I mean, I had I was broke, bro. Like, 2021, like, there was no money, bro. I hadn't been working for a minute. Like, and as far as, like, that, that free shit, no, I wasn't about that. Like, I'm like, no, nah, they're going to give you these peanuts and expect you to do some other. No, I'm not dealing with that. No, thank you. So. Fair enough. I, I hit Bob's and I'm like, yo, I kind of got this idea. And she said, all right. Now. Just a little backstory to that whole. My best friend passed away the day before April Fools. Oh. Like he was on a trip and he passed there. Like shout out to Hollywood, yo, that's my dude, bro. Like some of the craziest shit that I tell in the story, like I did with the homie, right? Like that was my that's my guy, ride or die. So he passed, and I was just about to call him, like yo, I'm starting this podcast thing, bro. It's going to be balk. It's going to be crazy. Then like we tell all kinds of stories. Like, you know, and he would have been my biggest fucking hype man. But he had the, the biggest ego. Like, when he, in his presence, when he walked into a room, you knew he was in the room. Right. Like, I called him Hollywood for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, he's blonde, jacked, like, right. that guy. You know what I mean? He was that dude, right? 
And he come and I always I tell him like, yo, I'm gonna start doing this. Bro, that's crazy. He's telling people like, yo, blah, 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 yo, my man's my boy, check this out. You got something to do? Like he was always that cat, right? Just showing me mad love. So I'm I wanna call him and his mom calls me and tells me the whole thing. I'm like, shit. So now I'm telling Skinny, I'm like, yo, this has to happen. I'm stuck in the house. I can't, I don't want to drink. I don't, I need some way to get this that's in me out. Right. And I had asked my moms before, I was like, yo, can you invest in me? I want you to invest in me. Like, I, I never asked you for, like, an investment, like, to invest in me or anything like that. Like, that wasn't a thing, right? Not saying she wouldn't do it, but I, I never did it, you know? Right. And I was like, yo, can you, can you buy me this? Invest that in me, and I'll see what I can do with it to better us. Right. And she's like, all right, order the shit. She orders it, it comes in. I don't know how to use it for the first two or three episodes I'm running off the headphones with the beats and it just sits there and I'm looking at it because like I know I'm going to eventually figure your ass out and I'm going to be using you and like it's that's just going to be a thing for me right so I tell Skinny he's like alright cool so then we do the first like the pilot episode like not even on YouTube yet this is straight audio when I'm right. trying to do the visual straight out because he's like I don't know what you're going to say Chops like I don't know like he said in the last episode he's like I was worried about you when we first started. Like, bro, I don't know what you're going to say. Because like, he's been doing it for a minute, right? So he's like, yo, you're just uncandid. He's seen me interact with people at the bar and the way that I do stuff, right? He's like, I don't know what you're going to say. He goes, but it, it's going to be great. Like, people are going to fuck with you. Like, it's, yeah. It's, but I'm a little nervous about what you're going to pop off and talk about. I'm like, that's fair. But it should be if I start going crazy. Like, hey, hey. Like, yo, we're looking at each other. We hear each other. Like, yo, no, no, stop. And I'm like, all right, cool, shit. Like, I'll take the message, you know. I won't just keep going. So we shot the first pilot, and then we did like the next show, and then I tried doing the whole written thing, and I was like, mm, I don't know about this. Like, but this ain't my, say my flex, right? And Skinny gave me some good words, and I used to always tell him, like, yo, like, but he used to get pissed with me because I said, and I still say this to the day, well, fucking nobody, bro. Yeah, see, that's the part where I, like, yo, you got to understand it from, like, my perspective. You feel that way, maybe, probably because you've been around a level of greatness that taught you a degree of humility, right? But, like... I'm humble as fuck, I guess. Hold on. You've been on TV as a musical performer. You've won awards as, like, a guy who creates custom motorcycles and cars and shit. Y'all did that. You've probably made more bank in terms of revenue than most people I know could ever claim based on the volumes and the price points of actually what you... If you guys are saying it's 10 k to buy it, then you put more bread into it and flip it. You know, I don't watch enough reality television to know that these are real numbers we're talking about. If you had an offer so big that the bread wasn't enough and you had a truck throwing in, like, what? Some of these things you're saying, I'm like... Yeah, I get why you feel that way because, look, the first time you meet a millionaire, like the first time you're in a his and hers closet and that his closet is as big as a room in your crib and you're like, this is just where he puts his clothes. Like, you know, it's humility, right? You see some shit. But 
bro, you're wildly okay. interesting. Can and I, the amount of shit that you? you've done is just cool. Like, you're actually just not insignificant. I'm sure you've impacted tons of people's lives. Like, somebody hit me in the DMs and said, hey, ain't that guy a bouncer? Like, he just recognized <laughs> your face and shit, you know? That, that's my slogan. It's my face! Like, that's my... That's my gimmick. My people remember it. But no, okay, so you said like with the revenue, whatever like that. I can remember, I remember vividly the first time I seen a million dollars. I never seen a million, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Was it a briefcase? What? That shit right there? Bro, I wasn't impressed. If anything, I was like, oh, like, I, you see the movies, bro? I figured a million dollars would be like two big-ass duffel bags. It was... Was it a briefcase? I mean, it's still what? an impressive amount of cash. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't what I was expecting, you know what I mean? So I was like, oh, you can pack a million dollars into that? Like, that don't seem like such a big... How many millionaires are walking around now if you just put a million dollars in a briefcase? <laughs> I never thought huh. about it like that, eh? <laughs> Right? I'm like, eh. But no, so I, I see that, and it was like, that was a trucker thing to do with buying some like, equipment or like that, and the guy like wanted to flex and got like a million dollars cash. Like, I want to buy these three trucks. Brow! I want to pay cash. It was strictly a dick measuring contest for the guy that wanted to buy the trucks. Like, you make sure to come by, like, show my pop, like, yo, flex. Ah, look what I got. Like, even people with a million dollars are still like, look. I mean, but in theory, your dad's got a million dollars worth of trucks right there. You know, like... <laughs> Yes, I mean, I, I mean, I can remember one time we were working together as a transfer company, and the guy that we were running the company for was like, yo, I was in a lawsuit or something. He's like, I need a million dollars to pay for something by Friday. And we had invoices out and stuff like that. And within 72 hours, we collected a million dollars to deliver to him. Here you go. That's we got your money. You get it? Okay, like, I'm going to tell you something. I've talked to somebody, and I don't want to throw shade. But the highlight of his interview is dead ass a story about working in a pizza restaurant and some wild shit happened. He told that story so well that I was compelled for like 10 minutes. But like, you know, sometimes like what people's lives are like, it's like, nah, Joey Chops, you are, I don't know what the opposite of ain't shit is because calling you shit (laughs) seems like inappropriate. But like, (laughs) you know, like you like. Maybe, like, in a conventional sense of, like, accolades, it hasn't necessarily hit the way that you would use to describe shit. But arguably, what I've learned with art and everything is that the people who've traveled and the people who've actually seen and done interesting shits are the people who can produce the kind of content where week over week you're able to just tell wild stories because it's coming from a place of perception, like... I heard you say some wild shit in the way you might describe a situation, but it's clearly like you could look at a human and see that this man is here for pussy and this one is here for that and this one is here for that. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, like, you he- and you just know all that shit so well that like dead ass, you're just equipped for like a tier of life that most people aren't equipped for. So it's just possible that you're going to be like Samuel Jackson or some shit and just spend the next 30 years bawling and, you know, it just took his time to kick in like that. Fuck, I mean, I never thought of shit like that. 
like, but yeah, so when it comes to reading people, like yesterday's episode, I talked about like shitty drug dealers. Like, <laughs> it's bad at your job, bro. Like, do something else, B. Like, you're terrible at that. Like, why? Why? No. Like, yeah, I went into a whole tangent on that shit. I was like, so yeah, I mean, I'm able to see that stuff. And, but yeah, I, to me, I feel super humble. I'm like, yo, I ain't nobody. Like, but then I tell people at the same time, like, oh, yo, you're going to be famous. I'm like, yo, I'm already famous. I'm just waiting for the rest of the world to catch the fuck up. So, like, there's two sides to that coin, right? It depends on my day or whatever, but I feel as long as I stay humble and I'm just like, yo, I mean, whatever. Yo, the staying humble thing is important because I might think I've done some shit, but literally, like, I get the pleasure of working with a guy who actually did some shit. So, like, when you know you work with people who actually did shit at a tier that... I, and here's the thing. I have all the faith that I'm capable of doing all the shit in the world. And that when the timing and everything lines up perfectly, I will be given the opportunity. Like, yo, dead ass, somebody tagged me in a post today to be on a board of directors for Notre Dame Day's art. Like, the people who put on a bunch of festivals. And so, I'm going to pull up at some oh, shit, shit and shoot my shot. It's not paid or nothing, but, like, yo, imagine being on a board of directors. Right, like that's crazy. Who who knows? Now you see, this summer, I plan on like just for laughs and shit like that. Like, yeah, I'm going. I've already manifested this. Like, I'm going downtown, bro. And I'm gonna shoot a live chop vision or something else that we got going on. Like, that I can't drop yet. Run it, bro. I'm down. I'm down to go run that with you. If you guys need like extra shows to show up in some of the cops can't arrest us all mentality, (laughs) I'm with. (laughs) Right, bro. Like for real. Like Like, yeah, funny enough, there were like people should really stick around. Like fuck it, exactly. Like I literally want to do like some shit like that. Like, I mean, I had this whole thing planned out. We were talking about it during our first season or whatever of the pod. This is how crazy shit becomes. Like when I start talking, I don't know how well you could. Can I drop the N bomb on your show? Everything, bro. I mean, we okay. It's like basically the LGBTQT plus stuff is dangerous territory, but outside of that, don't try, try to avoid the R word because that one's also dangerous territory. But yeah, otherwise, no, it's pretty fair game. I I mean, I I right, would well, never use that word, but feel free. <laughs> I wanted to do this festival, and I'm hoping that it happens, and it's a thing. I want to do NiggaCon. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard me talk about that on I might on have episodes, but <laughs> we're running I still do con, bro. like nigga con bro that's just for a place where you come do like nigga shit bro like just you get to be like grimy and like whatever it's just a music artist like shows it's whatever like you have comic con you have all kinds of con, train con whatever like hell like a porn con for man like yo look at nigga con like sneakers and like bar- barbecue like just whatever like on some exploitation shit like one of those don't be a menace type society type shit but like it's one of those things but i want to hold it like centennial park in like the middle of the west island you might need a new name (laughs) (laughs) no no i don't i just gotta i gotta spell it out properly to where it's not like when you say you're like oh but when you read it it's not so like i just gotta figure it out i hear you I learned about the city shit stuff. That's what, you got to go through the city for that kind of shit if you're doing it, like, big scale. That's the only... I think we just show up and do it. Fair. You know what? Like, yo, what I do guess... you do it? It's a cookout. 
No, so I actually, okay. yo, I'll shout out to the regulators, boys. But uh, so I plan shit out ahead of time in my typical fashion, and the city shut me down. They did not. They just threw a barbecue, and it was huge. Vendors, everything. It was beautiful. It was a great community event. Big success. So if you do see regulators throwing shit in Angry on Park, hit it up. But um, yeah, you might be right. Just do it. <laughs> that comes back to the. To, to one of my, my sayings or one of the things that I live by, it's better to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. I'm learning that Yo, the hard my way. Bad, right, but all these people are here having a barbecue, like we chilling, like, oops. You got hot. This is fun. <laughs> I didn't really, I mean, shit, the, you smell the grill. What brought you here? I know you, I know you smell Miss Johnson's barbecue. Like, what you mean? Nah. That's what brought your ass out the car. Like, I know why you're here. That's fair, but yeah, I think you can pull a lot of shit off. I think it's important to, like, well, it's good branding. I don't know how else to put it, but, like, Chop Vision Podcast presents, you know, like, it's, it's a powerful way to go beyond the internet and bridge the gap with, like, the community, which I realized. Well, the, you know, the goal is to do, well, what also, like, I was getting back to into it, is with, like, the Joey Diaz, and, like, I watched it. A shitload of 85 style show. Right. Shitload of that. I was like, yo, besides the rapping and music, I could do that. Mm. Dem 3 ain't no different from me. I can do that. So basically what I feel like I'm doing is I'm starting backwards. Created a podcast with Skin. And now I'm going to work my way this way. Most people do all their shit. And then, like, end off with a podcast. I'm like, nah, I could do a podcast first. Like, I'm going to go backwards. Yeah, I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, I don't think that's even true a little bit. You look at it the way you do from your perspective because you're you and you don't see what you did as special. But you sang on television, bro. Like, I mean, I know you're a kid, so I get that one. But look at all the car shit you did. Like, you played some touring circuit. You went on tour, bro. I ain't, I ain't even been on tour like that yet. I'd be, like, dabbling with, hey, I went to Toronto here and there. I performed in Sherbrooke. I'm only rapping for the first time in Toronto in March, okay? Like, I ain't even really... I'm 35 and I ain't done shit yet, okay? Like, you say you ain't I'm shit. I'm Toronto for a car show. Right? And you got, so, like, what's the difference between you going for a car show and me going to do some rapper shit? Dead ass. What's the actual difference? I don't see it. It's only well, when it comes be- to interaction with the people and stuff, like there's no difference to that. So then you technically your- did the whole life thing and started a podcast like the rest of us. <laughs> All right, well, shit, if you just going to say it like that, I mean, that makes sense. I don't really get into like the car shit and stuff like that with skin. Like, we do a little bit. Like We have the episode of the $800 lesson where he talks about like, winter tires and shit, but I don't really get into that. I actually thought about starting another podcast with, like, I know it's crazy, like, why am I doing all of these, but... No, you should. With a homie that's strictly motorcycle shit. Yeah, I think that would be hard for that community, because then, like, yo, I mean, from a marketing perspective, at the end of the day, you kind of want to a little bit cater to an algorithm, a little bit understanding it, so, like, I try to stay in the lane of my podcast covers the life story of people. You know, like, it might not always be rappers, but it's always going to kind of take that format a little bit, at least for the first episode. So in the sense that y'all have your, like, kind of topical podcast going on, and then maybe, yo, because I could say I really like Skinny's 
podcast, uh, the Geek Tastic Cipher. But when they start talking, all they when they start really getting into the superheroes, I'm out usually. That's when I'm like, because I know they're gonna go on for 25 minutes and shit, and I'm like. I don't know if I really want to hear that part of it. So having like the topical shit where you go like all over has its dangers for that point of view. I could see how something like motorcycle talk and when you start geeky heavy, some of them things you were saying, bro, I was like, I'm following because I kind of get it, but I don't know what the fuck. You're I hear the about. words coming his mouth, but like I have no idea what's going on. Not sure. at least. So that audience though, if you just talk shop though, that's so niche that these motherfuckers would eat it up, and then you make like the. The, the fucking TikTok dedicated to just talking motorcycle shit and all that crap, and motherfuckers will be all over that. Whereas I feel like Chop Vision, that shit's like just you spitting game on how you see the world, and then Skinny coming through with his version of that. And then half the time, Skinny be like a little Puritan, and you be like the loosey goosey one. And it's very fun but to I'm, watch y'all bicker about shit. Our, di- our dynamic for that is great. The fact that we're like similar but like different at the same time like it's, it's great like i love when we get it's into almost our, like and i don't want back and forth yeah he's he's very conservative to your liberal so it creates almost like this like pundit style dynamic but you guys have like both sides of the spectrum because like you'll skinny beyond his like businessman shit now and like really like you see where he's going with it and i'm like man you low-key on that conservative vibe in the way that you, like, approaching life, and it makes sense. And, like, we getting older, and you got to have those bigger out. picture shit. <laughs> but then I hear your side of it, and, like, any topic, you're on the other end of that spectrum. I'm like, yeah, I ride with chops half the time. But, yo, skinny be making sense, don't get me wrong. Me and him once had a conversation about cars and freedom, and I had to drive again to understand what he meant by freedom. Fair. I hear you. Absolutely. <laughs> But like, there's definitely freedom behind the wheel. I don't know if but I, I want to uh, pay so yeah. for that though. <laughs> <laughs> but like the whole vibe of like, yeah, like the, where I see this going and like whatnot, it's like the, like I said, I wanted to do a roll up and just relax and just do it like a live thing. Like the the the, the dream, the goal, the I like using the word goals, bro, because whatever, it's a fucking sport. Like it's not a like. The vision that I see, I'll use that. The vision that I see is, like, something huge, bro. Like, Chop Vision is just the beginning. I want Chop Vision to be the umbrella over a bunch of other shit. You're like a lifestyle brand. I'm trying to be like Death Row Records of the motherfucking podcast game, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to... I hear you. Like, put an umbrella over it, and it's like, yo, shit, that's cool. Like... No, I, I fucks with like, that. Shout out I, to the homie, Don Majula. Like, we had him on the show multiple times. And now he started out his Into the North podcast, bro. And, like, yo, we used to tell him, yo, come on the show just to get comfortable. Be in front of the camera doing your thing, bro. Because, yo, you have a gift to do this. And you need to mm. do your thing, bro. Because the way that he's, he's intricate with his information and shit is fire. Like, that's somebody, like, honestly, I think you'd have a great conversation about music. With him, and he's a DJ. Like, shout out to Donna Julie. He's a DJ at McCallum. Yo, like, yeah. I would love to talk to any DJs. Yo, you might... I love rappers, but I'm a rapper, so a lot of the rapper chats, it's like a... It's, it's low-key a circle jerk where we end up empathizing with the same struggles, 
and yeah, we teach each other shit. It's but, some crazy shit, bro. Like, but yo, it's town, talking to like, dudes like that, right? That are out of my sphere. That's where like we really learn some shit. I find like, bro, even hearing you talk about cars and that grind, it's like, okay, there's like shit in what you do in this whole world that I could take back to this hip hop grind and apply it because nobody else is looking at the car world like that. You know what I mean? Some probably are, but you know what I'm saying? Like how you guys approach it and what we could do that works in different fields and shit. So like, I love talking to different, yeah, I'll just, I'll hit him up or introduce me or whatnot. We could figure that type of shit out. Bro, I I am, uh, I am regaining momentum. We are not where we were in the middle of COVID when everyone wanted to sit around and streaming. And I've been out the house for like eight months. So it's like, yeah, on a whim, we back at it. We podcasting again on the internet, but Yo, I'm glad that I came out to be like that dude. But like, I'm, I'm happy to jump back and doing it. Like, we've been having conversations for a minute, though. Yeah, I like, really we wanted this with... to be a live thing. Yeah, could you imagine this is a live interaction, bro? With like a drink in a hand, bro. I would still like, think yo. that we should set up shit like that. I feel like this is what it is. This is this show, but like in person. I don't know that it would be possible to have the exact same experience that I do on the Twitch. So just in person with a live audience, it would be similar, but we would both be feeding into that crowd. All of a sudden, you know, we might start heckling with people. We don't even know what could happen because it's a whole fucking room full of people and we're having a real ass conversation on shit. So to me, it's like it's still worth doing. Like, I think that if there's a venue in the city that is able to have us there come through set up the the equipment overhead is literally nothing we create the experience shit it could be free at first the venue would you know ultimately there's a few ways to monetize that via the venue side of things i've been learning a whole bunch about that side of the world but if we can get people into that room buying drinks venues are incentivized to want to hand us dollars especially if we do this on nights where they don't make no money like a tuesday or whatever like you work the bar game like there's certain yeah. nights where ain't nothing Tuesday happening so tuesday nights are trash bro ain't nobody doing shit on a tuesday so if we do something on a tuesday which i understand being is already a write-off night to the bar and we're able to generate a 40 people in a room that we're not going to be there that's enough to make a bar feel sexy enough on a tuesday to be willing to talk in a different kind yes. of relationship i'm just trying to give you all some game i learned along the way about how this all actually works because i think so many of us play ticket sales is really not the money you know like it's, it's it a bag but it's different because <laughs> i managed on a tuesday so like, i'm like the hnic right and i sit there and i'm like yeah i could just take that table set it up on the stage put two chairs a couple of cameras and a laptop and literally be doing this yeah it's really just having the the permission i would say to do it and then setting it up right and booking it as an event but dead ass that's what i want the future of this to be like i invested in these little lapel mics and shit and the little fucking podcast box and whatnot and i can plug into the next shit and fucking whatever so like nah like just just setups that can be done and i really believe that the future of this kind of interaction if we because it's like to me i don't know what people think about me but for me i don't think that my team itself can do this alone what i want to do is work with y'all on hustle podcast fucking you know wheezy moon chasers people and do it in some shit where like we all grab a night of the week and we cycle through each of our shows week over week and each of us has to hold down one night a month but we hold down four teams 
hold down the, the night for a location, we can all manage that kind of a momentum. And then by like a year from now, our shit's so big that we've upgraded venues. Or we each can, we now have two nights of the week that we run it. You know what I mean? Like two spots we do it at. And then, you know, you add ticket price, bar percentages, this, that, the next thing, start selling merch, boom, 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 boom. It's like a vibe. Then when we have guests coming through, we talk bags and we get better guests. Because then there's other sides to this. Like Anyway, I could go on for days about ideas I have on how to monetize <laughs> this circuit that I want to create. But like, I don't know if I want to be no death row shit, but I want to be part of this wave. Where okay, I didn't English... say Destro like as a record label, as like the. Uh... No, I hear you. I was like, like... That's I could have said no limit, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like no, I hear you. Shit like that. It's a... I just meant that like I want to compete with that. I want to just be part of this wave too, where we all contribute to legitimizing the English media scene that exists here. That's fire, because there's probably a hundred other podcasts that we're not even aware of that are also fire and that's the thing i love about montreal like people may not like all the music that gets produced but everyone has to admit that at an objective point of view yeah facts <laughs> but like people making good shit it might not be the shit you like but the quality level of the shit that gets produced in the city is high it just might not be to your tastes it's not like it used to be and we all need to put a little bit more effort i think in trying to legitimize it all so that when tourists well, I come i used to want to be a radio dj that's hard. That that's kind of where everything started from. Is like when I was, a, that's something I didn't even touch. But I used to want to be a radio dish talk, like DJ so bad. Like that would have been the job that I think would have been like really. Even now, like I honestly think I could be like a great radio DJ. Yo, dead ass CKUT would let you dabble. Like okay, I remember going there when I was in like high school and shit. And I just checking the place out and like. Never really got anything. Like, I was like, yeah, I kind of be ready to dish talk. And they looked at me and I was like, are you, like, fuck off, like, whatever. But I feel now that, like, I'm 40, I got the podcast going. No, like, I'm telling you. I walked stuff. in and I was like, because I went on CQT, I did three live episodes or something. No, two live episodes and one pre-recorded. So I was in I this whole CQT. And all I did was apply because Preach and Cobia told me that there's this show that they have things. So you might have to watch for when they're next applying for radio hosts and dead ass everybody else that applied was 10 plus years younger than me on some they're in they're at mcgill but i walked up to man's and i'm like look i want to be on air i do this podcast i represent english media which thanks to lego is a minority so it fits your mandate to represent the english culture of this city which is true because lego calls us all not historic anglos and shit so we got a box um so because of that i was like yo you ever I, seen uh, the chop vision merch that i have that's uh the middle finger and a piece of lego i did not yeah i've had shirts made that had the middle finger like the the mickey mouse finger and a piece of lego people were like yo what the fuck why did you gotta hit you for lego? oh and I'm like, i didn't even click down. right away ah, i'm like slow that shit down They're like oh but i i hear you about but, but yeah. at the same time, like, fuck Lego. Like, you step on I, that shit, it's, it's mad fire. Yeah, but Lego's still pretty cool because as a kid, it stimulated my imagination a lot. So I got mad love for Lego. Absolutely. I used to... I'll still play with Lego now, bro. But, like, yeah. So, like, just if you were to approach the radio station guy and literally just be like, yo, I'm Joey Chops. I do this podcast. I think it would be really interesting if I could have some time on air. And then you're able to commit some hour of the week or whatever. You could, you come up with a show you want to do. 
I think you could probably swing it. Dead ass. You might you're not gonna get paid for it per se, but like it'll get you experience. Whatever. And you, you get yo, exactly. yo my mom's listening to me on the radio, bro. Like, say what you will. That's it's like moments like that. You know, like it's the little moments like that where you're like, yeah. Well, yo, okay, check it. So with the the whole me being part of free S agents, right? Like the whole squad and the fam. Like shout out to y'all for bringing a homie in. Like that whole thing too. Like it was I don't say it was weird, but like when we first started it out, like obviously they don't know who the fuck like I am from a hole in the wall, right? Like Skinny knows right. me, but like the squad don't know me. And they're like, well, yo, well, I remember what Skinny told me like one of the boys was like, yo, put out your own thing first, do a little pilot thing, and then we'll check and see what it's like. And I won't, I won't lie, like I took that shit to heart, bro. I was like, for that moment, I was like, yo, wait a minute, you want to like, I gotta like audition for <laughs> Mad Bro? Do you not know who? You- Boy, do you not know who you're fucking with? Like, all right, bet, right? So, but this is all in my head. Like, I didn't say this shit to nobody. I'm just like, all right, yo, you want me to? I'll fucking show you. So we put out like three episodes, bang, 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 like week after week after week. Just some, some fire. Like, I thought it was dope. It was super raw. It was our first episodes, but like, I went up with passion because I had shit to get out. And then the fact that like someone was like, ah, you know, like just try it out, like whatever. Maybe you just want to do it on yourself or whatever. And I'm like, all right, like cool. Fuck that. So I put my soul into it. And it was like, yo, okay, cool. Like, you part of the family. Like, all right. I get it. Like, on some gang shit. Like, I had to show my worth. Like, I get it. I understand that. But it just took that, like, for somebody. Like, yo, I didn't realize that, like, it would be like, like that. Because, like, that's me just being, like, I guess, ignorant to the situation. Like, I didn't know shit about this. I still don't know shit about this. I'm I mean, able to get on. Arguably. You see me asking you questions. Like, how the fuck do I get here? Honestly, though, it's so hard to know what to do in situations. I, the person I'm trying to be today is not necessarily the person I was when I got a little buzz and things got to my head a little bit. And, like, yo, like, it's really easy to just, like, politics wrong in this game and, like, not be aware of how you're supposed to behave I got or what a to gamer expect. Homie. And I call him a homie because, like, he's a cool-ass dude. Like, I think we're people. He's a customer of the bar. He's, like, a regular... But right. he's a gamer, and he's super humble about it. And I tell him, like, yo, you need to flex. He's like, nah, whatever. Like, it's not a thing. Like, I've been doing it for a minute. But he's like a, I would say, I guess he's a big gamer. Like, like he, he gets paid to play video games. That's hard. Like, to stream, to stream and shit like that. Like, he gets money. And, like, that's his job. So he he's doing hours and shit. Not, well, That's like, yo, that's basically, like, what we're doing, but with video games. I'm yes, streaming right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so, like, I don't know if should I shout him out or not. Like, yeah, I run it, shout him out. Like his name's, I believe it's Linden FPS on Twitter or something like that. Okay. So, like, when I when we when we see each other, and I told him, or he seen me post the number three podcast, like from the cult, right? When he seen that, bro. When I tell you, when this man came up to me, he shouted out, like, "Yo!" It's Joey Chops on the Chops on Chop Five One Four on TikTok. Da 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 da. Third best podcast in the city, man. Like he would just go off. Like no matter how many people were there, he would just like say that shit. I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, what, dude? Like I'm, I'm showing like that's crazy. Like it's super cool that you just like first year out. Cool. You did that. No, bro. Like you gotta understand. Like my people don't even know what just. Cause, People think that might be like some of them web forums where you click the one thing and you click a real radio button. That's not what this shit is. 
you have to answer like 25 of these fucking questions and they're IP checking you. So they know the motherfuckers from Montreal and not, right? So they watching this. They're going through to make sure your answers look legit. So if you don't have 25 I'm from Montreal looking answers and that shit, it's not, I mean, I may be exaggerating. I've heard they don't take it 100% that serious. But somebody still had to type chop vision into that box and put 25 other answers on that motherfucking list. That's a hard right? ask, okay? <laughs> now, even if 25 people did that shit, bro, that's a hard ask. It is not easy to get 25 people to fill out a survey, okay? Ask anybody that does surveys for a living. <coughs> I remember being young and seeing the mirror. The mirror was my shit. I used to wait for the list, the best of Montreal list in the mirror. And then I, I would read the rants and all of that, but like the mirror was my shit. So when the whole thing, when I first started, like when we first started Chop Vision, I was like, yo, I just want to make the list, bro. And that's all I told Skinny. He's like, the whole time we're going, I just want to make the list, bro. I just want to make the list. Like, think we could do it. Like, imagine one day we do it. Imagine one day we do it, blah, blah, blah. So then I get the, yo, okay, cool. Now it's time to start getting people to register. I'm like, all right. Whoop. I just started like sending that shit out. Like, I don't even say I went out hard. I just posted on my socials and was like, "Yo, help mm -hmm. you way out." Like, I'm, I'm not asking. Right, I kind of was humble with it. Like, I don't think I blasted it too much. And then that was it. It just disappeared. I was like, "All right, cool, whatever." So I started thinking, "I'm like, yo, I'm not making it. I'm not making it, but whatever." I tried. Oh, it'd be cool. Even number ten. Like, yo, just ten. Bro, I'm gonna be 10? honest with you. Being number ten, it feel good. It don't feel number three good, but we hit number ten the year before. It felt nice. I want. I would have been happy with ten, G. Like yo, give me ten, bro. I'm on the. My name's in the venue, bro. I'm there, no matter what. I don't care if I'm on the undercard or not. I'm in the conversation, you know. Facts. So it goes on, goes on, and I remember I was. I want to say I was taking a nap because like I worked the night before, whatever it was midday, whatever I get my naps in, right? So I'm taking a nap. And Skinny hits me. And I'm like, yo, I just fell asleep. What's this nigga want? Whatever. Roll over. I look at my phone. Bro. On some real shit. Yep. I cried like a baby. Yeah, I fucks with that. That's Yo, I was so I happy to that, see you. I was like... And like the tears just ran down my face. And I was like, yo. I told my family. I was like, yo. I called my brother. I was like, homie. We made the fucking list. And I say that because he's he's been one of the ones, like, every episode, like, yo, he tunes the fuck in, he watches, he hits me up back, like, yo, the show, da 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 I was like that, like, yo, he's helped me with some technical shit. He's like, yo, I hear this on this thing, you might want to try and clean that up. Like, he's really helped me out a lot, right? Like, we used to want to do this together, but he's just not down for the, right, the right. camera. He's, like, he's like, my face ain't, I ain't that guy, right? And I've always respected that, but, like, yeah, so he... Remember, he, I called him and I freaked out. And then I called Skinny. I was like, "Bro, you fucking did it." He's like, "Nah, you did it." I mean, I get the fuck out of here, bro. Like, we did it. He goes, "No, no, you did it. You manifested that. You had that vision of yo. I want to make the list. I want to make the list. Because you put that shit out there so heavy that it was just that." Yeah, but you also like you ran that shit. A lot of solo episodes too, because Skinny had to go ahead and procreate, which created some, you know, schedule. Without things. adult supervision, volume one and two. 
bro, I didn't want to get into those, bro. That whole thing, that was something different, bro. Like that, shout out to Skinny for like just appearing at some points. Like, bloop, he comes through or he texts me like, yo, I'm watching you. Like, da, 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 da. So it's still like, okay, cool. At least the homie's like right there. And if I fuck up, yeah. up he can just hit one, right? So the safety net was there. But yeah, those, bro, I don't know if I could do this. It was just solo. Like, I mean, I did it. But They're the idea great. of just talking so to myself. I know for a fact I was running at the running track by, like, fucking St. Luke High School while I listened to those ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. At some point, bro, I felt like the Twilight Zone is on. My pain was going, mm, I'm just going to explode. I, like, I don't know what I'm doing right now, but I just need to keep running my mouth. And shout out to the people in the live comments because, like, yo, that shit helps a lot, too, bro. Like, oh that shit just pops my up. God, bro. When I have comments, like, okay, like, when I'm talking to somebody like this, I had to learn how to do it with no comments because we started filming them offline and shit, and there's, there's no comments when you're not filming them offline. You just have the conversation. Okay. But, like, sometimes I'd be doing streams, and it's, like, I'd be doing something or whatever, and there's just no chat. And, I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed to just ramble like some people do, but I don't have it in my soul, bro. If there's no, like, comments, it's, like, it's harder to just run my mouth. Yo, the second I see a comment, that's good for, like, five minutes of me running my mouth. And then Straight I need up. something. I need to be triggered. Trigger me, comment section. Watch. I'll go forever. But, like, yo, without the comments, it's, like, I... I I don't know if I'm that creative. Like, I'm a good rant reactor guy, you know? Like, say some shit. I want a hater. Yo, haters are great. I want a hater. I want a hater so bad, bro. Just somebody to go at, bro. Just. No, nah, what you want is a fake Joey Chops account and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Legit. Like, at one point, we had this little issue going on with somebody or like Skinny had a thing and, like, they pop out. I was like, yo, just, yes, I want this. There'll be nothing more fun for me than this, like, going back and forth and this flaming dude. I got asked this weekend if the, the spot would rent it out or whatever. And I was like, I'm not sure. Like, what do you want to do? Well, for my birthday, I want to run a roast, is what the guy told me. I was like, you want to have a roast for your birthday? He's like, yeah. And he goes, and I'll pay you to roast me. I'm like, I don't think you really, first of all, thank you very much. But second, I don't think you realize what you're asking for. That sounds like a good gig, though. <laughs> I'm like, you want me to roast you and you will pay me? I'm like, you realize you're going to pay me to insult you? He's like, yeah, but it's going to be hilarious. So, like, I'll do it. Even if it's not here, I still want you to do it. I'm like, all right, say less. Like, let me know. Like, that's that's a thing already. Like, as soon as the shit pops up, I'll come and roast you. I'm sorry, I'm but, like. You can't be like, I ain't shit, and then also be like, Mans wants to pay me to insult him in the same, like, 30, 40-minute period. Those two things yeah, don't really come. Yeah, but people are fucked up, though, man. I mean, I don't, I just see, like, weird people. Yo, but how many people can actually make that claim is what I'm saying. Like, you out there coming up with all this interesting, unique shit that nobody else is fucking doing and acting like it's no big deal, which is great it's probably what you're supposed to do in life that's what all the books say you should you doing what you're supposed to be doing but like it just need to start making me money bro like i know the money will come i know the that's why but the dead ass some of the moves you want to make are gonna be that money like to, to be fair it's like that irl shit is where the money is because people are anti-internet right now on some fucking post-covid shit so nobody want to be home we all want to be out and about and 
the way we can slice our little pies off that live environment is where the cheddar is going to be at via merch, via fucking event hosting. Like, your Hustle podcast just threw an event, you know? Like, as a podcast, they put up an event. So it's like there's so many options. But, um, yeah, it's going to come because genuinely y'all are consistent y'all have like motherfuckers who come through loyally some dude talks about food every time like you know like there's just shit to your show where like shout out to lee (laughs) j lee j's the homie i mean i want to try some jerk shit all i know is there's some plate of jerk food i feel like i need to try in my life oh yo that's the chef man that's my that's my boy the chef's Mm. Shout him out, Chef Sensei Sean on Instagram. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'll be hearing your show and all this shit's popping in my head and sticking. And it's just like, yo, it's like we're creating an industry, is what I think. And, yo, Joe Rogan was what, episode 800 before anyone gave a fuck about him? So that gives me a lot of faith. Not to yeah, say. Yeah, but okay. At the same time, he was Joe fucking Rogan before, bro. But the fact that if he, he was, was Joe Rogan and, it, and. Still. I feel like that's one way of looking at it. If you're trying to get bread at scale of millions and millions, okay, you can make that claim. But if you're trying to make Kevin Smith money as possible, <laughs> like, True. I'm like, there's, there's tears to this shit. Like you said with everything else, there's layers. Like, bro, give me 60, 70K a year to be a fucking podcaster. That sounds hard. Anybody that would be mad at that money to talk for a living... And plus, you could easily get multiple gigs lined up at that point. So it really is like once, like, yo, I got paid to rap last year for the first time. It took 10 fucking years, and I didn't make that much. But I made three bills across three performances of just here's money to rap. No sales, nothing else. You're good enough. And, yo, it took 10 years. But now that that happened, it's like you know that the opportunities build off of that now i'm opening for bigger names and people are considering me for more things and you're trying to see little shit shifting in the bigger universe and in the same sense you have that cred with the third place called montreal the fact that you got a consistent viewer base of sometimes like seven to twelve people i think that consistently pull up i do see your live videos here and there if i don't really watch them um those are hard flexes that maybe you're not even aware of how hard it is to accomplish that in the bigger sea of fucking podcasts and shit like that. Most anyway. of our episodes, like on some numerical shit, like ain't for nothing, like to me it ain't shit. But um, five minutes after finishing, most of our views are like twenty or something like that. Which is like, like people again, like it, considering what your show is without being like like yo my album reviews are an seo grab it makes sense that some of them get views people are looking for that shit but like my interviews be like 15 20 views after like three months sometimes so like trust i totally understand the significance of that but what i have seen is that your shit grows over time and that yo with consistency and like all of us playing in my opinion the game smarter being on each other's shows more interacting with each other's brands in a in a more bigger way we can create almost like an institution where people from out of town want to come in just to see our shit because they just came across it one day and oh shit they're in montreal a city people actually go to you know what i'm saying like there's just opportunity oh, man, I, out there i have the same thing like i'm i want to get it big enough 
or situation enough to where when people come in for just for last or they're coming in for whatever, like, yo, yo, get me on Chop Vision. Like, I'm in the city. I'm trying to get on that shit. Like, yo, set yeah. that up. I'm going to be there. I want to be on that. Like, I want to converse with this nigga. Like, I want to sit back and bundle. What it's going to be. And yo, it's probably just a game of running up the numbers of episodes and continuing at it. And then at the same time, trying to get bigger and bigger with the vision of what we're trying to do. Like, dead ass, this is the first bridge the gap with my new layout. I tried it out before with something else, but like, I had to make it look nicer. You have to level up over time. You have to like, play the game better. Um, honestly, I want to keep this going, but it is now 10.15 and I feel like... We can definitely keep running up a whole other episode in the future. I think people got a sense of who you are in this time. I wanted to make sure you busted past three hours because, in my opinion, only the most interesting of people are capable of making this shit go to three hours. And deadass, it wasn't like a crazy audience interaction night. It was just you're that interesting of a person that it was easy to run it this long. But my tummy's grumbling, and now it's like, yo, it's it's like I got to put some food in me. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what happens sometimes. But yo, I it. Skinny said it was going to go like three. He goes, yo, my interview went like three hours, bro. I'm like, I could do three hours standing on my head. like. And like, don't get me wrong, I would love to keep going, but in I'm the sense saying, of it, just... part two it might be a smarter choice down the line. But we Absolutely. should definitely consider on some real shit. I'm saying it on the video, but we should really consider, if anything, a part two in the nearer future at a venue on some like Chop Vision, Bridge the Gap, Link Up, bring Chris Crumb down, bring Skinny down, have like four of us or something and, you know, have a whole ass audience there and create like a four hour shoot the shit experience. Maybe people can come ask us questions and we just talk our shit like an open panel. Like, you know, there's ideas. People audience and ask them questions and shit like that. Like, yeah. So play with that. But like, you, let's guess what you look for. Let's, let's, the four of us will guess what you do for a living type shit. Yo, we can have so much fun with this shit. And then, like, just have fun shooting the shit in between, running miles and whatnot. And then, you know, everybody hit that bar, buy them drinks. (laughs) Whole way through. Get that drink percentage up. That's all I'm trying to say. Yo, I appreciate you. Nah, I appreciate you too. Like, for real, people don't always want to come through and shit. So this type of shit only works if people come and participate. So the fact that you were willing to do it. I was having, you know, I'm not going to say I was trying super hard, but I wasn't, like, easily finding a guest, like, when I had a bit of momentum. So it's like, now I have to try harder to find guests again and shit. So having you come through and be that first person, you know, it's a blessing in my life, you know? First one, that's what's up. Gang, gang, let's get it. So, yeah, with that being said, everybody, make sure to, like, follow and support the man. Chop Vision Podcast, I believe, is the Instagram and you Chop can Vision find- Podcast is the Instagram. Chop Vision Podcast is the TikTok. Um, Chop Vision Podcast on YouTube. Shit, just Google Chop Vision Podcast it'll come up. Like, Facts. I didn't even get into my whole live people interactions, bro. Wait till part two, bro. I got some crazy That's what I'm saying. There's a lot more to come through. <laughs> we got through a lot. I think it was a great chat. I really did enjoy it a lot. Um, yo, on the other side of it, if you fucks with what we're doing here, we like cheddar. And if you did make it this far, you clearly fuck with the episode. So patreon.com slash behind that suit. We're going to update it soon with new tiers. But, you know, money is lovely and life is expensive is what we're trying to say. If you have an Amazon, 
Amazon uh, Prime account, you could hit that twitch.tv slash behind that suit and throw a little subscribe for free. It would be lovely. If you don't like us, you can do the same thing to his shit on Chop Vision, I believe, or I think you're on Twitch. If not, be yeah, on Chop Twitch. Yeah, on Twitch as well. Chop Vision's on Twitch as well. So, like, yo, that's that how this everywhere. economy goes. So, and then when they got their Patreon up, which y'all should do, go give love to their Patreon too. And, uh, yo, subscribe, like, comment. Tell us what you fucking favorite parts were and all that good stuff. And I don't know what else to say. So, yo, thanks again for being here. Thank y'all for watching. And live long and prosper, everyone.